handle the truth. We're live. We're back. Another Freedom Friday. What's up? What's up? We're What's here. going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm, I'm Alan. Great divide. Oh, fuck you, James. It's fuck you, yeah. dude. We're already talking over each other. This is all we do on the phone, on 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 the show. We're on the phone for what? I think like an hour you yesterday. A whole, a whole two, a hour and a half show. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm kind of retarded. Starting off the show hot. We already know this. <laughs> literally. Literally. James, We the People Radio. Alan, Great Divide Podcast. We're going to have our guest, Roan, from the uh, Steak for Breakfast podcast as, as soon as he you know decides to finish dinner and grace us with his presence. I'm Mr. Big Shot over here. I have, the- I have all of the most <laughs> political celebrities. Cash Patel is a regular. Uh, Christina Bob. He's probably just too busy for us now, Alan. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let this guy off the hook. None of none of these political hacks impress me. I, I get some of them on my show too, and they all put up. They all put their pants on the same way I do every day. Well, maybe not all of them. Maybe not all. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Roan's now got all the big shots on his show. He thinks he's too cool for his britches and can't be on time for our show. Is the point I'm making? I don't care about the people on. I care about the fact that our friend is big time on us now. This guy's showing up late. Yeah, yeah. He'll be here when he gets here. So you know, uh, you go back to. We we're on the phone yesterday. Was that yesterday or today? For like an hour. And it was one of the days that everything blends together right now. It was now, yesterday. Dude. It was yesterday. Every time we're on the phone, we should, like you said, we should just hit the record button because it ends up being an entire show over the phone when we're just talking about bullshit. Because there's so much happening every day. Every freaking day, Alan, there's like another happening that's just so crazy and unexplainable. Like, I don't get it, dude. Like we're living through some of the most wild times I have ever experienced. I, I don't think humanity has ever experienced. Yeah, ever. it's an it's an interesting time to be alive. I mean, I, I'm imagining you know people that lived through other things and in, in uh, other generations, but now this no, this no one's ever no one's ever done it with internet. Though, dude. No, that's the big yeah. difference. It's like back then the information traveled very slowly, like some crazy thing happened. Like I'm sure like the giant Zeppelin that fell and fell. It was like months before people found out about it. And all of a sudden now you find your video footage. It's like, here we go. We got it all. Uh, It's true. It's true. So you said Zeppelin. Uh, The air show is uh, the Memorial Day air show is right by my house. I could literally sit in my backyard and watch the planes practice. So they flew in yesterday. Yeah, all day, all day yesterday, it's just the Blue Angels are in town, and they're just they're literally flying over my house. One of them, I, I mean, I, I, I saw the pilot. That's how low he was in in the neighborhood. Like, did and, you show and, him the cock? Yeah, I did. I pulled it out. Yeah, okay. uh, you stood on the roof like a good. He, he wasn't impressed. I tried to hell. I tried to helicopter, but it was oh, more. Boy. It was more like a mini drone. And then he just he just flew by. He, he shook the whole house. He had to pull out the binoculars and be like, "What the fuck? Oh shit! That yeah. guy's trying a helicopter." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in case right. in case you people haven't realized, we get crazy on Freedom Fridays. I can go from like a serious show talking about serious issues to now well, you know clowning me, around with James with we the them. People Radio. It's, I'm gonna come exactly the djt oh he he went to the nr with nra had had their i'm glad yeah. they didn't cancel the nra rally i'm really glad they oh, didn't cancel yeah. it. dude fuck this bullshit dude i'm done with it it's it's so it's a clockwork you like my shirt defund gun control i would if, i would if it wasn't fucking blurry on mine it looks good over here oh there it is i could see it on our feed uh, on fuck but i can't that's, see it 
the feed that I'm actually supposed to be looking that's, at. It's, that, it always takes like 20 minutes for it to fucking buffer on our end. It must be a West Coast thing. I think the air is thinner on the West Coast. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 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 an East Coast guy. We're actually oh, we're, we're we're live everywhere. We're live we're live on Rumble. We're live on Cl- we're live on your Cloud Hub and my Cloud Hub. Podcast Network. We're live on the Patriot Podcast oh, Network on oh. <laughs> Roku TV. Yeah, we're like rock stars. Yeah, it doesn't Dude, matter. We're, we're we're celebrities. You don't yeah. know this? No, Alan, no, no, no. You had that happen yet? Like, have you gone somewhere and be like, "Yo, you're Alan from the Great Divide"? Has that happened I, to you yet? So, listen to this. This that's funny you say that about. Oh, yeah. So I, I've been going to campaign oh, events yeah. with um, Mike Crispy. And do you have a vol? You have the volume somewhere on yours. I I I heard myself through your microphone. You don't have volume on anywhere, right? No. All right, cool. It, it it went away. I don't know what just happened. I might have been stuck on. I might have been stuck on retard. So anyway, I'm at a campaign event for Mike Crispy, who's running for Congress in New Jersey's fourth district. Great guy. I've been attending a lot of his events. Me and Roger Stone have been uh, meeting up at the events, and you know he's running his campaign and things like that. So I'm at one event at Trump's golf course in Jersey, and I'm you know being introduced to a few people, and there was a couple there that said, "Hey, hey, look at that! Hey, wow! I don't smoke." No, show it to your wife though; she'll enjoy it. Ah, oh, yeah, she'll 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 watch it and say, I, "Hey, I, hey, that's a that's a mighty fine nugget right there." That's a quite a fine <laughs> nugget you and, out and, there. And what what is that? What is that strain called, James? Does uh, it have a name? E eighty five. What the hell does that stand for? I have no fucking clue. I got Emeralds Cove and I got Coco Chanel. Got three Coco Chanel. Who names this shit? I don't know, dude. They uh, names are fucking bullshit to me. I really don't care about strain names. I think it's just people just oh, I'm gonna name it this and call it this, unless you have the original genetics. But but continue. You were talking oh, about yeah, how so, so I was so I'm at this event and there's this couple there. The guy uh, is an attorney. I don't know what his wife did, and I was standing there with Roger Stone and uh, someone else, and and they. <laughs> <laughs> they said, um, oh, you know, obviously they knew who Roger Stone was. And they looked at me and they go, hey, you have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah. And then the wife said, oh, the great divide. Right. We found out about your podcast through Mike Crispy and we've been watching it. So, of course, I'm as as humble and modest as I am. I'm like, oh, so, sorry to hear that. Sorry that you have to endure listening to my to my voice and my horrible Long Island, New York accent. So they laughed. But then they they wanted to take a picture. And then another uh, one or two other people at the same event knew who I was and came up to me and said, hey, you have the Great Divide podcast. Great show. And it, it, it's interesting because I, I, I'm i not – it's very weird. And I'm I'm so humble and so modest. I don't even like talking about my show, especially – you know, I've had people – that they'll say, hey, you look familiar. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll say, oh, you know, I – I have a podcast and then sometimes they'll say, oh yeah. And, and I'll say the name or I've had, I've had a few people in other venues and other places actually say, Hey, I follow you. I had a woman pull up her pod bean in, in a mall. She actually, her well, you daughter she saw you. No, her daughter, her daughter goes to school with my daughter. She had no idea. I had a show. She's on the same page. We're in the same homeschool co-op, hate public schools. You know, the whole family is, Hey, you know, fuck, Joe Biden and all that nonsense. So she says, hey, it's your first time she had met me. 
And so uh, our daughters are hanging out. Me and my wife are there. We start talking about stuff. And then she said, you look really familiar. And my wife, of course, she's, you know, the first one to say it. I'm not, I don't come out and say, oh, hey, I have a show. Do you watch it? No. She said, oh, he's got a, a podcast and on Roku TV, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, holy shit, I follow you. And she pulls up her Podbean uh, uh, app on her phone and sure as shit, there it is, the great divide. She follows me and she downloads all my episodes. And I'm like, wow, it, it, it's weird. It's just very weird. Between that and 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 I'm going on, I think at April will be two full years that I have the show. And the amount of people that I met, I say this all the time, the amount of high profile people that I've met and that I, I'm in touch with a lot, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very humbling. It's, it is. It's, it's it's no I've big had, deal. I've had it happen at a few events, like the Clay Clark events. A couple of people have come up to me like, holy shit, you're James Curry. And I expected that because I'm at an event. But right. out in the like out in the wild is the wildest thing. In the world. I, I took my girl out to cut steak out uh, uh, to celebrate. And I took her to cut. And I'm sitting down at the table. And the waiter comes up to me after after we're like eating our meal. He goes, I just want to let you know, you look really familiar. And he goes, do you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're James from We The People, my fucking waiter. That's wild. Like, I listen to your show all the time. He goes, we we talk about it. he brings over another waiter. He's like, I got a buddy that wants to meet you. Like, I was like, you could bring him over. I'm just some guy, though. Like, <laughs> he's like, next time you come, let us know. We're going to take care of you. I'm like, what That's am I saying? What I am I exactly I'm, I'm like i'm just some guy like i'll like <laughs> what and then like, the other day i was on a walk with my dog we just moved recently a couple months ago mm -hmm. and i'm on a walk with my dog and my girl and we walk around the neighborhood every day and uh one of the neighbors that we met up the street she goes what do you do for a living and i was like oh i host a podcast she's like oh that's awesome because her son saw my setup in my office because my office is in the front so i have all my lights and cameras so her son thought like i was a video game streamer okay so she, she was like what do you do for a living my son what, like th thinks you're a that he he ding dong ditched me apparently and uh really <laughs> this little kid ding dong ditched me uh and uh i said no i don't care but uh she's like she's like what's the show i'm like oh we the people radio she's like get the fuck out of here she goes you're you, you're james from she's like i listen to your show on apple all the time and she pulls up her apple and she shows me all the fucking down i was like this is wild it's my fucking neighbor down yeah. the street and i'm like i'm like it's just it's so weird because it i'm is. just a, it's a ray i'm a regular guy and like if you listen to our show or you listen to alan's show i'm sure you feel the same way if you happen to see me don't like hesitate be like yo what's up come say hello like if i'm I got weed. I'll smoke some weed with you as long as you didn't get vaccinated. <laughs> as like, long as yeah. you didn't get vaccinated, come no, say hello. No, no, even if you got vaccinated, come say hello. I just won't. I just won't smoke with you. Anytime I smoke with somebody new, I always ask them. Uh, did you did you get juice? Did you get jabbed? Because I'm not smoking with you. Sorry. I get it. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I, I've I have, and I notice that other people will say. Um, We'll start talking about I had I had another situation where we started talking about podcasts. Somebody brought up, I think it was Dan Bongino and 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 somebody else. And this was, I don't know where the hell I was. I was with my kid. And it was just a casual conversation. It wasn't someone I knew, now someone I was with, just a complete stranger. And then I said, uh, <clears throat> oh, I remember. I had to go to don't judge me. 
but I had to go into a Starbucks. I'm just letting you know I'm judging you. I'm, had, I'm, I'm, I'm judging you. I had you to go into a, I had to go into a Starbucks because my nine year old was adamant on getting their fucking pink drink, whatever the hell that was, and but she she's funny because she looks at people and goes, and this is what she does. She goes. Is that person a Trump or is that person a, a a Biden? It's so funny. That's how she. That's how she differentiates commies from actual normal people. She'll. It's so we, not difficult to tell anymore. So so we had to go into. Hey, it's great. My I a good friend of mine's in the chat. Bill the fucking plumber, and he's literally commenting. He's watching you, and he's going, "Roll it, lick it, smoke it." That <laughs> so, guy is the man. <laughs> so. So we're in Starbucks. We order the drink, and uh, there's a guy in there, and I'm wearing my oh, that's I'm wearing my hashtag Cuomophobe shirt inside of Starbucks, and there, you know, you have the baristas. There's about six of them oh. behind the counter. There's one I um I he it's a boy. Maybe he thinks he's a girl. He's wearing long earrings, got pink hair. Anyway, I'm you got to imagine the looks I'm getting wearing a Cuomophobe shirt in a fucking Starbucks. So there's one but guy. Balls, I, dude. Like I went to go pick up my kid from school. I ran out of the house. I didn't even realize I was wearing that T-shirt because I'm gonna tell you how how mod. I, I'm a guy. If I'm wearing that shirt around the house, if I know I have to go out, a lot of times I won't wear it, depending on where I know I have. I'm going. Yeah, I wasn't I'm going. Absolutely. I wasn't expected to go into Starbucks. I'm not a rabble razzer. I'm not looking to go in there and start shit with people. Nothing like that. So then. It was there, and I was getting the looks. Nobody said anything, but then one guy zoned in on me. But I look at him, and he's wearing he's wearing a tank top. It was it was like seventy five degree day, and uh, he's got tattoos on his legs like me. And he points at me, and he gives me a thumbs up, and he says, "I love the shirt." And I laughed, and I walked over, and I go, "Yeah, I didn't mean to wear this shirt in here. You gotta imagine the looks I'm getting." He goes, "No, I see it." So then we get into talking about stuff, and he brought up Dan Bongino, brought up kids and schools and things like that, and what's happening in the schools. And then I go, "You know, I actually have a podcast." And he goes, "Really?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "What's it called?" And I go, "The Great Divide." And he goes, "Wait a minute." And I go, "What?" And he goes. The Great Divide 1776, because that's my website, thegreatdivide1776.com. And I go, yeah, why? And he goes, I listen to your show. And I go, no, you don't. He pulls out his fucking iPhone, boom, Apple Podcasts, and he shows it to me. And I go, he goes, do you do video also? So he had no idea that the, the show is on video. He's just a podcast listener. He works. He I forget what he said. He did at night, and he listens to my show. He listens to um, what's that other one? I can I can never remember the name. The X twenty two is that it? Love X twenty two. Big X twenty two. He lead them as a oh, few others. Welcome. So literally, I'm like, wow. And he goes, that's really you. So I pulled out my phone and I showed him. Um, oh. The Cuomophobe shirts I had made as giveaways when I first started my show, and literally my logo, the one that's painted behind me with my stupid face as a cartoon, yeah, is on mug. the back of that shirt. And I that's turned terrible. around and showed him the shirt, and he, it's a terrible shirt, and he couldn't believe it. And it was funny. It was just another one of those instances where, like, you meet somebody, you start talking at a fucking Starbucks, and he listens to my show. But it's uh, it is it, it it's humbling to to. And and it's cool to know that people are out there listening and watching to our shows that we're not just uh, when I started the show, I'm like, let's nobody's going to listen and watch me. And it's like I'm talking to myself, you know, well, I, 
hundred percent. That's what I told my co-host. I was like, we're going to talk to nobody for like a year, year and a half. We just got to put in the consistent grind and maybe it'll turn out to something. And all of a sudden tens of thousands of people are listening to our show a month. It's fucking right. crazy. Right. It's, it is. It's, 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 it's more than a blessing. And I can't thank the audience enough. Um, Always for, thanking the audience. For, yeah, Always for continuing to listen and dealing with my with me. Like you guys have been dealing with fucking <laughs> fucking mania. I'm a hot mess. Uh, I'm out here just vibing all the time, and uh, you guys have been fucking fantastic. So I can't thank the audience enough for all the love and support that we've been continuing to get and uh, continuing to, to show us while we continue on this journey. Because. I'm excited to be here on Freedom. This is our what is our fifth episode? We're five episodes in to Freedom Fridays. I, I think this might be the fifth Freedom Friday. I think it might, and I think uh, yep. you know we're gonna try to have cool guests on on Fridays. Like you know we're gonna have Roan on. So Roan from Steak for Breakfast, his show is a great show. If you're not, if you're into listening to shows, they're Good audio shot. only. Steak for Breakfast, their big news commentary. They have a lot of big guests on, especially if you're looking to catch up on America First candidates. They have all of them on all over the country. Uh, Carrie Lake was running for governor in Arizona. They have Cash Patel on a lot, Christina Bob, who, uh, you know, just Amanda so many. Millius. Amanda Millis, right? Millius, right? From uh, the plots. Peter State Navarro, President. Peter Navarro, yeah, Peter, Peter Navarro comes on. I, every every candidate you want to hear from, they've had on. Um, Stakes, Roan, Noah, Antoinette, they do such an amazing job. And it's cool to see where they started and to where they're at right now, they've grown so much and become such a powerhouse of a show. They're literally rivaling Steve Bannon as far they're as on, it's, it's funny because they're on they're on the Steve Bannon radar and they've had like uh, Boris Epstein, who's on War Room. They've had him. He's been on stakes. Boris actually reached out to them and said, hey, we like what you're doing. Uh, Raheem Kassam, you know, so many of these big talking there's like, heads. There's fish on. Vish, yep. I was actually I had I had lunch with Vish about a week or so ago. Vish is a good friend, and we, you know, it's it's he has a they have a tremendous show. Roan, Noah, Antoinette, they they do a great job. As a matter of fact, we started doing a collab show on Saturday mornings. It's on pause right now because of schedules, but we combined our two shows for the great steak breakfast, which is going to be picking up again soon. We just have to uh, got to work out a couple scheduling details, but it, it's. And, and you know what? People like us, you and I are lucky enough. Every once in a while, we get to pop on as either a guest or sometimes a guest co-host to fill in, yep. and and yep. it's oh, it's I always great. But I hope you know he'll be on, and he's gonna he's gonna be on soon. He's gonna give <laughs> us all kinds of details on uh, the America First races that's going on. I want to I want to hit him with the Liz Cheney. I heard is down like thirty points in her poll. I just saw that earlier. She's dead from her primary rival. She's down 30 points. If that, I mean, that's, that's so, un unbelievable news. There's, there's so many things that don't add up with the polls though. And I, I don't trust them. Even the polls that favor us, I don't trust them. I don't. So polls, polls are, most polls are bullshit. You have to, there are ways to do accurate polling. Like a, a good person to talk about polling is, is Roger Stone because that's what he's done for so long with with running campaigns and things for presidents and stuff. The problem with polling is, you know, when they say, well, 69% of Americans are against abortion, but nobody wants to answer, okay, what was the polling pool for that poll? Because when you talk to pollers, a lot of these polls, they're polling 600, 900, I think – the the big polls maybe three thousand, so they're they're not polling a lot of people. Uh, you know the when so, but again, 
they use their useful idiots that will believe anything the mainstream media says or a talking head will say. So they say, well, 69% of Americans are against abortion. Out of how many fucking people did you poll? Where were they? What was their, you know? What was uh, their, did you go to New York City and just fucking right. walk the street Manhattan and be like, hey, do you think abortion's cool? Like, did you see that one lady who was like, uh, she was a big, big, fat black lady. And he's like, uh, do you think uh, women should have the right to kill their babies? And he's like, it's she's like, it's up to the woman to decide. And he's like, well, what about after birth, like in California, where they want to do it 28 days? And she's like, it's up to the woman to decide. And he's like, so you're telling us that it's OK to kill a newborn baby? She's like, it's up to the mother to decide. It's, a, it's up to you. to It's up to you to commit murder. How different is that from <clears throat> how different is that from a mother taking her newborn baby having uh, a post uh, was it a postpartum depression and drowning it in the bathtub? I mean, uh, what what's the difference? I mean, th there's Zero. none. So there it's are some amazing. people. Uh, Stephen Stephen Crowder did this. So he he has a new segment called uh, I, I forget what it's called, but he goes around the streets just talking to people on the street. Not the not the um, prove me wrong or anything of that. This is something new that he's doing. And he was in Houston, I believe it was Houston, around where his show is. And he was asking people about abortion. And even people that were pro-abortion were changing their tune. And, and when he was saying, well, up to, up to what trimester? Up to birth? And most people who were <coughs> supportive of abortion uh, backtracked a little bit and said not past the first trimester, which I still don't agree with. But it's interesting how pro-abortion people that when they're put on the spot and that you, you start talking about, oh, when you can detect a heartbeat, when you can detect, you know, that it, it, it's developing, then they say eh, maybe maybe not then that there has to be a window. But then, of course, you have the people that, hey, you know, you know what? No, you can kill it up to the day it, it's born. Kill it up to the day it graduates fucking high school. If you like Chuck hey, Schumer. Or how about we just kill you? How about we, right, right. Not that we're calling on violence on people, but <laughs> I, but I, I know it's it's crazy. Like I, I wish I could walk around. Like Aunt, my co-host makes jokes on our other show. He goes, James, you should just get like a a pad button imprinted in your head because, like, when you hear people have these arguments, all I want to do is just shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're my dick. It's like the staples button. You know what I'm saying? Like just walk yep. around like someone says something stupid, just to shut the fuck up button. We gotta get the two of them on a Freedom Friday. We gotta get the whole We the People cast on a Freedom Friday. Oh, we could do that. We could probably make that happen. We I gotta do that. It will be easier than Nick, but we could probably make that happen. Now they both have they have a salon together, right? They they own yeah. it together. Well, salon and a uh beauty products internet a website where they sell and they have a whole warehouse in the back of the salon and aunt does all the inventory shipping and uh and who intake does, who does the rubber rubbing tugs nick does nick does all of the rubbing tugs How every does, single so i i know i know i i know other men who own salons but what i never got a chance to ask a man because, you know, you think of salons like near me, you have all these these big yuppity <laughs> salons with that, that have fucking valet parking and shit. You know, while uh -huh. while the husband's at work banging his secretary, the wives are going to the salon and banging their tennis coaches 
Well, yeah, he's got a high end salon. He has a very high end salon. He's right. I, I, I've seen pictures. I, uh, so Just, I, know. I, I want to ask them, like, well, maybe you know, what? How does a, a man get into the, the 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 beauty and salon business? Like, do they do they cut hair? The both of them? Oh, Ant doesn't. Ant does okay. all the warehouse, the shipping. His wife is a is uh, is a part owner as well. Uh, Jessica, who's awesome, she does hair. Uh, but okay. no, Nick. Nick is a is the head stylist. Like, so Nick, Nick is a stylist. Oh yeah, he does women's hair all day. He actually, all day. I knew that because I stumbled across his his Instagram where he does yeah. he he posts all of the all. The, I noticed yeah. that too. They all the hair. He's, he's, he's extremely talented. He I. It's it's to the point where like he's like he's like my big brother. He's someone I go to for advice about business, about about life, mm. uh, and. Um, He's so busy and backed up with clients that it's like impossible to get in touch with the guy. Uh, he works never ending and that's his issue. I think he, he uh, just, he works too much. He, he, he needs to figure out how to duplicate himself, but nobody works as hard as he does. The guy just doesn't stop working. You know, um, I have that problem too. Like when you're, when you're self-employed, like I, I have, you know, like he's, got like, he's got like 20 girls that work for him. Right. But he's probably wants to be involved in every aspect of the business like I do. Like I don't I don't hire people to do menial things like, you know, I I, I like to be involved. I, I I don't know if you call it micromanaging, but I'm but he's, I'm, he's getting percentages from each girl. So we like rent out the chairs, right? In a, in a sense. Yeah, but I, I believe that's how he has it. So I don't know exactly how he sets it up, but I know he, he gets money from each of the girls and uh in some form or fashion and they all have long client lists just like he does and uh then he has the import export with the the, the, the beauty products which he crushes at okay I've seen, I've seen the numbers uh of the of the of, of the gross and he nets you know 20 28 so he does very well good for them he, good for them does very well with that but he, he's just so fucking busy and this is what i i'm in his ear about i'm like nick you need to figure out how to free up some time to enjoy it but at the same time nick enjoys doing hair i think he really likes it um and uh he's i think a lot of people in that business do I, I i've talked to stylists and i they they really enjoy making people look the way they want look beautiful look good and then they hangs out with smokes all Hey, I don't know and how like he's married. He's married. I don't know how he does it. God bless him. God bless <laughs> and him. I, and and I think they I think they also enjoy the other aspect of it is the conversation because you know obviously it's a little different than like a ten minute haircut for a dude where you have these women that are getting stylist styles and blowouts and and all this other bullshit they're and they're there they're all day or hours and you're talking to them. Yeah, I. He, it, he, aunt, aunt him aunt. It's so funny that they, they call it like a red pill factory because he sits down with these girls, with these women in their chairs. And he's just, just asking them questions about why they believe the way they do. And then he's like, well, did you see this? And then he'll be like, Ant, come out in the front. Cause ants like me, he researches it. Like that's what we call Nick, our resident normie, because it's not that Nick's not informed. Nick doesn't spend the time researching like, like we do because he's so busy cutting hair. Right. Aunt, come in. And Aunt will come from the back and start red pilling all these fucking middle-aged women and these smoking hot moms about all the things that are going on, showing them articles and government documents, and they're leaving. They're like, holy fucking shit. 
is are there a lot of these women coming in like are they are they leaning are they leaning left and he's like picking away at them and making them think and maybe yes yes yeah uh, it's, yes. it's, you know, of, he's red filled as long as, as, long as they're o- they're open up to uh, to conversation, I guess it's good. Well, you so know, he lost some clients. He lost some clients, but he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's hard. Like when you own a business and you have to deal with the public, if they don't agree with your ideology, especially a conservative, they they'll 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 get rid of you. They'll drop he it. a women's for Trump event at the salon. Like. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit about losing clients. He 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 really doesn't, and rightfully so. He opened up his business before everybody else. He went on Fox and CNN and was like, "Yo, I'm opening it up." Like, fuck you guys. Well, that was um, my next question. I was going to ask if um, how did they make out through the pandemic? Because uh, so the P- Patriot Barbie, the real Lindsey Graham, her the She's So Right show. They're on the Patriot Podcast Network. She's coming on our show next month. I'm excited to have her on. Yeah, I, I had her on my show. I'm, I'm gonna cycle her, her back through. Yeah, I, oh, she will. I was texting with her today. Actually, she's got some big things in the works, but we're not gonna talk about that because they're not official yet. She told me today, but um, so she had the when she was before she's in Arizona. She was in Oregon, Oregon, I believe. No, Washington State, maybe Washington State. I it was think. one of the two. It was one, it was of, one the of the two. two. It was one of those commie states, and uh, yeah. she had opened up. She had a big. She had a big salon. I want to say it was something like twenty five chairs. Her and her husband had just opened oh, a geez. big, beautiful business. They own tanning salons, and she opened it. Down and the gym. Yep, the town came down on them. Someone from the town actually called Child Protective Services and made up some bullshit excuse about mold in her toilet and caused an investigation because she defied the local government and opened up during the pandemic and people came they wanted to come and get their hair done and unfortunately there was so much harassment that she just decided her and her husband for the better of their family to just cut their losses sell everything and move to arizona where you know they're 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 thriving and they're she has her show now the she's so right show with her co-host brandy and they're killing it another great show they were an audio only show they're just starting to do video now so they're they're going to be doing video soon which is great yeah, I was. I, I, me and uh, Catalysts were helping her out, giving her some pointers on things to do. Shout out to our our good friend Catalyst who was on last week as well. We're just giving out fucking shout outs today. People should just start fucking paying us, dude. Um. <laughs> There's so many great people out there. I mean, we have we have we have a really a really really good group of people that we deal with in our in our little in our little Patriot uh, podcast network group. I mean, you know, you got the Orange Men. I mean, Clinton, Dave. That those are we got to get them on a Freedom Friday. They're hilarious. Bro, I've been trying to get Clinton, Dave to do a show with me forever. And they're like, yeah, we don't really do video. I'm like, oh come wait, on, dude. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yes, that, that, that that's wrong. Every one of their every one of their shows is video. It was video. It was, it was some excuse. That he said Dave had to do. I was I was set to do a date. But yeah, I'm putting you guys on blast. Let's fucking do a show. I've been trying to hang out with those guys and do a show with them for a minute. Those guys are cool guys. Um, well, they I mean they 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 do their show, what they're drinking, they're partying. It's great. When I when I do shows with them, it sounds like we're in like the best bar in the world because their wives are together and they're drinking and it, it's like it's an all out party. It's hilarious. It, it's just it's it's they are those two guys are fun to do shows with, and I'm glad that they're on the network. But yeah, you got the Orange Men, you got the Two Doomed Men, you know, which I reached Sergeant out to. Yep. Well, who's that? Sergeant Samurai. Sergeant Samurai. Yeah, I mean Stephen Stephen Garrett. They're great. 
Catalyst and Sean, because now Sean Chris from Kill the Mockingbirds is now co officially like permanently co hosting with uh, Catalyst on the White Rabbit. There just so much, so many people. You got Deplorable Janet. She's she's always got something good going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and I tell people well, we're live there right now. So go if you're if you're watching and you have a Roku stick. Go to download the Patriot Podcast Network, and you can check out all these shows on there as well. Um, They're all on there. Pretty we're, badass. I'm pumped we're, that we're finally live on there, dude. I'm I'm really excited. Yep, we're uh, live on Fridays. We're gonna be uh, hopefully adding some more shows on the network. I'm 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 shaking and gotta, shaking I gotta, trees. I gotta, I gotta talk to you. I got a good show to add to the show. I'm oh, going on the show tomorrow, um, and I'll talk to you about it. It's a very 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 good show. Good. Uh, Listen, uh, I'm uh, everybody's welcome. They got a show, you know that that brings you to. So we talk about media, mainstream media, and and then shows like ours, which we can, I guess, consider ourselves decentralized. We are that. We are the news, the decentralized media. But I, I, I guess I can go with that statement. But I, I like to 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 keep it as I'm not here to report things as news. I'm not reporting the news. Like I'm an opinion show. I talk about what's going on. Yes. And, and just as a regular Joe shit, the rag man, American that has no interest or, or there's, there's no millions of dollars involved. I don't have million dollar sponsors dictating what I say on my show. I'm very open about that. The network is the same way. The people on mainstream media, they're news actors and, People liars, need to liars, li- straight up liars, but and, but it's it, it incentivized by millions of dollars, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that. And, he, and I, I said, listen, I didn't have ten million dollars yesterday. I, I I don't need ten million dollars today. I'm very comfortable. Where if someone came and said, oh hey, we want to buy the network, we want to invest in your show, and 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 give you this giant distribution deal but you have to change up your content a little bit my answer would be no i'm not going to change what i say and how i feel because someone's offering me 10 million dollars you, you know you know what comes in handy when someone tries to tell you that you can't say what you want to say and tries to offer you money when they start doing that you just hit the the button shut the fuck up we love that button I fucked this button. You hit the button on him, dude. You just tell him to shut the fuck up, because I'm not like that's 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 where I draw the line. Like I'll 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 do sponsorship deals. I'll do things like that. But if you start to tell me that I can't say or do things, then we can't work together. It's it, that's yeah. where I draw the line, and uh, and and that's why I, I I signed up right away with you, Alan, because I knew uh, that's exactly the person you were, and and you wouldn't. And that was one of, that was one of the first questions I asked you. I was like, you Yo, did. what's gonna happen? What's going to happen if someone offers you big money and, and you told me right out the same exact thing that you just told said right there? Um, and it's silly that but it's silly that people would even question that, because at the end of the day, dude, like we're taking our time for little to no money. A lot of us uh, actually spending our own money because I've spent the f- fucking tens of thousands of dollars dude, on this product. Dude, like it's, it's this, ridiculous. This show has cost me thousands upon thousands of dollars to put together okay i have a i have you know my pillow promo code that if you you have a my pillow promo code he sponsors the show we get a little bit of money if you use our promo code we have other little sponsors here and there they don't come close to a fraction of covering any costs i put into my show and what i put into the patriot podcast network i do it 
because I one I love it. Two, the messaging and the and the the giving so important a, to stay silent. Right. Giving a platform to people who can't be on YouTube, can't be here, can't be there. I I'm I, there's there's I have no in, there's really no incentive for me doing any of this other than the incentive of I love my country, I love people, and I want to talk about the things that are going on. Maybe I'm talking, maybe I'm giving a different perspective on what's going on. You know, all of this shit going on with the Texas shooting. I'll be honest with you. Doesn't I, make sense. I have doesn't. no, I have no solid, I have no solid opinion or view of it yet. And what are we – How did this happen two days ago now? I got, I got a few things that I want to point out that don't fucking make sense. And they're so, very obvious and easy things to point out. I, I agree. Story uh, makes sense, Alan. None and and we probably – that's why I don't have any solid opinions yet because I feel oh, there are so many facts that are convoluted. There are so many facts that are still are unknown. Um, Let's talk to we, the kids' we, therapist. And that's another thing too. So I'm I'm hearing different things. I'm hearing one. All I have on this Texas shooting is horrible anger that 19 kids and two people are dead. That I know for sure. Okay, yes. that's, that's obviously that's for sure. Sad. But then there then there are the questions. Okay, um, you just brought up the kids therapist, and I actually put a post on my Facebook page about hey. Has anybody reached out and talked to this kid's therapist? Love to know what the therapist has to say. And then I'm seeing things because now I don't know for sure, and I almost feel like a an, a, an ass for posting that. Did the kid have a therapist? Was he truly under the care of a therapist? Because now it's looking like he might – there might not be a ther therapist involved. Oh, he, he, I, I doubt that <clears throat> considering there's reports coming out that the police – uh, they they had reports of him trying to shoot up a school in 2018. So that was so the, okay. That so, report I saw today was was it today? I believe this morning was, yeah, that, and they they were talking about it on Fox that he was arrested four years ago for making threats about shooting up his school. Hmm? I I haven't. I doubt that he doesn't have a therapist when you when that happens. Well. You you would you would hope he has a therapist when that happened. Now realize, this guy, this kid, eighteen years old, obviously has had some issues. He doesn't live with his family. He lives with his grandmother, so we know that the nuclear family there is broken. Okay, oh. and and the mother, the mother actually goes and says, "My my son is a good boy," and it, he don't judge him. He had his reasons. Oh, sure, sure. And you don't understand. So hold on a second. You're telling me, you dumb, vile twat, that your son had reasons to go walk into a school and kill 19 fucking kids. Is that really what this woman is is purveying out there and conveying? And, and, and I mean, that's that's some deep shit, you know? There, all right, so. It's not deep. It's It's. It's dumb. It's retarded, dude. Like, are are you are you kidding me that you're gonna say some shit like that out in the, and and oh, he had his reasons. Like, what are those reasons? Tell you can't just say some. Oh, he had his reasons to just go and blast nineteen kids. Like, I'm just gonna get into a car accident, crash the truck. Oh, here's a school. 
I'm just going right. to walk in here and, you know, oh, the, all, there's an armed security guard. How the fuck did the king get into the school? Okay. Like, so that yeah, brings me to other that. questions that you write. Uh, there's so many things that don't make sense just on the, 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 the basic aspect of what happened. Now, yeah, did, did people – kids die? Yes. Is it sad? Yes. These are things that happen. When we say it's a, 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 you know, a false flag, it doesn't mean that this did not happen. The false flag, I think the false flag uh, uh, comments being made is the maybe well, the – we'll say that again? It's a gun grab. It's to go – it's it's straight. It's strictly a, a gun grab. Right. It's it's obviously in, within 24 hours that's what it's turning out to be. And what's crazy <clears throat> is – so all right. So hold on. <clears throat> Arm, armed security guard. So apparently there was a school resource officer but was not – I saw this today too – was not in the school at the time when he made entry through an unlocked door that supposedly a teacher had shocked open. Okay, now, they had said upon the 911 call that apparently while he was in the school shooting that the school resource officer was in his car driving past the school or around the school, all right? Yep. Um, th there comes into play because there's a lot of people that are straight up attacking police because of, of, of one – the delayed response of their reports out there it took 12 minutes to get police there and then the it's other the, the the other the other uh, the question is well why were they told to stand down why why didn't the police department uh, why wasn't the police department equipped with the ballistic shields they needed to make entry that's another question uh, there's another question is when the, the the now the federal agents showed up the border patrol showed up cuz you're right there down by the border i mean it was a border patrol agent that killed the shooter we know yep. that he was grazed in the head and shot. He was a tactical border patrol agent, but Why? What, I, none of it makes sense, dude. None of it makes sense. They're like, saying when the, when the feds showed up that the local police told the federal agents not to make entry, and the feds, like thirty minutes later, were like, "No, fuck this. We're making entry." So none of it makes sense. This is the thing. There are so many questions. Not There's one of those, not one of those police officers was like, "Hey, I know we have a stand down order. I know we don't have ballistic shields, but like, little kids are getting mowed down in there. Like, we can't stand out here anymore. Like, I signed up to be a police officer to protect these kids in this community. I'm just gonna sit here like a coward, right. like a fucking little bitch. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, at, at the very least, you're a coward. At the very least, you're a coward. If not, you were you were instructed not to enter." Uh, with, with more more reason than just to not enter. Like it wasn't like, you know. Um, it's true. I, I, I read this earlier, Alan, and I'm going to read it on, on the air because this mm -hmm. is something that I think are all valid questions and don't make sense in this story whatsoever. So the official story is that the Texas shooter turned 18 last week and immediately legally passed two background checks and purchased two AR-15s from a licensed dealer for about $3,000 on May 17th. He then bought 375 rounds of ammunition on May 19th. I don't know how 223-556 ammo only comes in quantities that are divisible by 10 or 20. He also bought mounted and zeroed red dot sights somehow as well, and <laughs> as purchased and mounted a vertical foregrip. He also purchased... Th several 30 round magazines a tactical vest 
once he had everything, he was able to kill 20 plus people and managed to shoot an armed school resource officer, possibly three DPS officers and a border patrol agent in the head at distance while under stress. So in one week, he taught himself how to operate the rifles, load the magazine, zero the red dot sight without firing a shot, accomplished several reloads under stress with, while drawing magazines from his vest, become such a competent shooter that he could land a headshot and responding law, law officer, the 18-year-old transgender firearm novice who had never fired a gun, but a 4K worth of gear, despite only working at Wendy's part-time, coming from a poor family, so poor that he was bullied for it and owned the rifles for less than a week, and he only had 375 rounds of ammunition, at least 210 of which were left in a backpack outside the school, and likely an optic that wasn't sighted. Okay. None of that makes sense. None of it. Right. Agreed. But now, let me... There's a lot to unpack there, so let's start with this. All right. I have... I own... I own several... Uh, AR-15s, and yeah, I unfortunately lost mine in Lake Mead. You know, I no, I have all mine, and I, <laughs> I, 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 um, so you can go into a gun store legally, obviously, just pass the federal NICS test for a long, uh, the NICS uh, background check for a long gun, driver's license in most most states. Most states, long guns are 18 years old to buy. In some states, it's 21 to buy handguns. So I've bought full setups where it had the had the red dot on it, front, forward, fore grip, the whole thing. The whole thing was set up, okay? leaving the gun store with its setup. There are gun stores around my house that will at 25 yards right there before you leave, they'll zero in your red dot. It's not hard to do. So not saying that that happened. He just bought the gun. He just bought the gun. You need to zero it with firing the rounds though. Uh, actually not necessarily because I have, they have now, they have um, bore sites that they could, they could sight it in. With a laser, and they actually have the indoor training rounds, which I actually have. I, I can I can shoot I can do target practice in my living room with a phone app, and it's accurate as fuck. And and really? I put yeah, it, it I put a so I have a, a nine millimeter AR fifteen. I have a one that's a, you know two two three five five six, and I I'll put it'll give you a round a nine millimeter a five five six I, round. I think I, I think. I think the one I have is iTarget is is the one I have. There's a couple of them out there. You put the round in. Um, you you can't have the the the, the magazine in in the weapon, and you know it it fires. You you're basically dry firing. The pin hits it, and when the pin hits it, the firing pin hits it. It shoots a laser. There's a laser in the bullet, and that lands on your paper target, and it's synced with your cell phone an app in your cell phone. So the, 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 the premise behind it was, well, you can save a lot on ammo because ammo prices have been going up the last few years during the pandemic. So they came out with this, which was a novel idea. You don't have to blow through your ammo to go target practice. And you can practice your safely. You can practice your unload and loading drills, with the magazines and things like that. And your weapon and your, your, your ammo jams and round jams and all of that, which again, that's a whole other issue that brings me, I, that, that I, I talked about on my show this past week. That anyone who owns a weapon should be proficient in it. Just don't go out and drop three thousand dollars on a weapon with all the bells and whistles. Put it in your closet and think that that weapon's going to help you in the time you needed to defend yourself because it's not. You have to be proficient in it. Now, as far as his proficiency in firearms, 
I will say that an AR-15 is more accurate than any other rifle out there. It's very easy to control. You don't have to be a great shot to get off close quarter shots under stress, but obviously it helps. I, I, I don't think people understand the, the the level of adrenaline, though. I don't think right. people do that. I mean, unless, but, you, unless you've been in those high adrenaline situations, a lot of people can't handle those high adrenaline situations at all. Agreed. But now here's the problem. He's dead. So we'll never know. He's he lives in Texas. Of course, yeah, of course he's and dead. obviously now I don't know Texas laws, but they said he just turned 18. Now, maybe someone is listening or watching that can comment somewhere or just at some point tell us, can someone fire a gun in a range at a range in Texas under the age of 18? I'm going to probably say no, but we don't know for sure. If this kid had any proficiency in firearms somewhere else in the state of Texas where he just fired off a bunch – you don't have to own a gun to go shoot one, obviously. Unfortunately, we're never going to know that unless there's a trail to lead us to that. I'm just throwing shit out there. As far as the the money goes, being 18 years old and being an out-of-work fast food uh, employee or if he was working – Listen, well, I know he was very poor. That's the thing. Like that, he was so poor that he was. That was the story. Is he was bullied right. for being poor, which does, uh, makes no sense that he'd have money to get these these rounds and this, this these two, these two guns. Like none of that adds up, dude. Agreed. Agreed. So, one hundred percent. And there's so many scenarios or even rabbit holes we can go down to say, well, who, you know, I I was talking about it. Um, uh, the other day, and someone had said, uh, follow the money. You know, yeah. obviously. So did it – I didn't even see if it came out yet. Do we know where – like the Buffalo shooter, he went to a gun store, and they, they actually spoke to the gun store owner. He was like 71 or 72 years old. Felt horrible that he sold the gun to the kid, but it was a legal gun. It was a legal transaction. He 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 passed the background check, and he, and he bought the gun. So do we know what gun store – uh, retail store sold him the gun. I haven't seen anything on that yet. I haven't either. I have because no I'm, idea. I'm cu- we we heard about that very very quickly, very quickly with the Buffalo shooting. Very quickly we heard that. So yes. I'm why haven't we heard that now? That's something that would probably come up quick. Um, Obviously, the law, law enforcement obviously is in possession of all of his firearms and everything that he had. I mean, the, between his he, – he bought uh, ballistic gear and things like that. So, uh, you know, I'm wondering. I'm actually – as I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm Googling just to see who did Texas shooter buy gun from. Let's see if something comes up because I haven't seen anything um, – it says all all right. So, Texas Tribune. All it says here. Let's see. I'll just I'll uh let bring this up quick. Uh, Uvalde gunman locally bought AR fifth AR rifles days before shooting. Law enforcement says. He brought only one of the rifles with him into the elementary school, according to the briefing. The other was left in the truck he crashed nearby. Uh deadliest shooting ar style rifle blah 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 oh the weapon of war remember that weapon of war yeah okay oh, yeah. the assault rifle okay so he legally purchased two ar platform rifles from a federally licensed gun store on two days 
May 17th, just a day after his birthday, and May 20th. The Bureau, the ATF, uh, says, according to a briefing, it's uh, he bought 375 rounds of 5.56 caliber ammo, which, again, there are some gun stores that'll just put handfuls of guns, uh, ammo in bags and sell them almost like Lucy's, but they're in a bag, like a nickel bag of ammo. Literally, they're there. So as far as, ammo. Yeah, as far as the amount of ammo and things like that, I, you know, that, that's kind of like reaching, but I don't know. So, it, Isol- I, Isol- I, hey, listen, Alan. Isolated, it may not be the big a big deal, but then you add in the fact the fact that these these police officers were told to stand down and no one obeyed those orders while kids were getting mowed down. Then you add in the fact that yep. that the border agent had to be the guy to take the kid down, uh, and and then he just crashed his car and was like, oh, okay, this is the school that I'm going to fucking walk into. Guys. So there go. was a neighbor. There was a neighbor that had said early on. Uh, a witness, if you if you will, that heard him arguing apparently with his grandmother and heard the grandmother screaming, he shot me, he shot me. Saw him run out of the house, get into the pickup, speed down the street and crash. And then at that point, exit the vehicle with the weapon and enter the school. Now, also there's some other questions because there was also a report where he tagged, I don't know if it, it might have been on Instagram, where he tagged a complete stranger, a complete stranger, saying that he has a, something like a secret or what he was going to do. This person was like, I don't know who this is that tagged me. And then a few days after, well, a couple days after now that we're, we're learning, and I haven't seen them, apparently he made three posts on Facebook. And one of them was, I'm going to... I think something about his grandmother, or maybe he's going to kill his grandmother, and he's going to shoot up or shoot at a school. So, listen, nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me. Here's here's my thing, Alan. Every single time, like clockwork, election season comes around. Every single time. And it just so happens to be election season, Alan. Yep. Things like this happen. They don't happen all year round. Like if if mass shootings were something that's prevalent, like they say it is, and it's such a problem, and they're not planned or the CIA or intelligence is not involved, then we'd be seeing a lot more mass shootings of, of people that feel an injustice towards those people, CEOs. Bankers, bosses. We, we haven't seen. I tell you, we haven't seen a, we haven't seen a workplace shooting in a while. I don't even remember the last one. They were popular for a little while, where the boss, the, someone was fired, the disgruntled employee. You know the term. He's going to go postal. Sorry for any letter yeah, carries. Yeah. You know, like. But no, it, you know, why why don't they kill these people that like or like uh, you know they go in and and shoot up abortion clinic or like whatever people that they they feel injustice towards not just random fucking schools it's like oh i'm just really fucking mad i'm gonna go shoot up the schools um if they're making them seem they're making them seem, seem like they happen as much as they do we'd we'd be seeing a lot more of those but we see none of those that's the thing it's it's so skewed it doesn't it doesn't add up the timing of everything it's 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 so obvious at this point. I literally said it two weeks ago or three weeks ago now when the when the Roe v. Wade leak happened. I said you it on our show. I literally said, I said, 
there's going to be shootings coming up in the near future. And 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 here we go. A couple weeks later, it's happening. Two in a row. Two of them. They, well, it's not two. It's more than two. They're just only picking up these two. The Brooklyn, well, the Brooklyn yeah. shooting. Of course. Who Bob yeah. is the first, the first responder of. They tried to say he was five five eight, some skinny guy. He's this big fat fat dude, tall fucking fat dude. Or like uh, turned himself in at a payphone near a McDonald's or something, and, and yeah. it, uh, some weird and, shit. And, and then and then the church the church shooting, mm-hmm. uh, in L.A. And they're they're not picking up any of them. Only 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 these couple. And it's and it's so it's so funny. It's like. When it's a, a a white person that commits the 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 shooting, it's uh, white supremacy. When right. it's not, it's the gun. It's the gun. It's <laughs> it the may- gun. It depends on on who on on what the complexion of the person of the shooter is and who we're gonna blame. Is it white supremacy? Is it the gun? All right. And here's another thing. You know, a mass a mass shooting by definition, I believe it's three or more people. In, in one place as a random act, three or more people shot, or maybe it's four or more people. I think it's three or more people. So then why aren't we talking about the shootings in Chicago where two gangbangers will pull up to a party, they happen to be using handguns, and they'll shoot 15 people at the same party. Maybe one will die, but 15 – this actually happened, that 15 people get shot at a warehouse party, and they actually – right, it, it does not fit the narrative exactly. But the problem is, James, is that people aren't – well, okay, smart people, people are picking up on that. It, the problem is people don't care, I think. I really think people just don't – they're like, oh, like, sure, because it, it's, it's such a tired answer at this point. Like, we've been saying this for so long every time. Like, why don't you care about what's going on in Chicago? Like, every single time a shooting happens, it's always the, the response. And people just don't fuck. It's just like in one ear, out the other. And and, and and as true as it is and as real as it is, I just think people don't care because that's always one of the response, one of the responses. And it's, t- it, 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 it's tough to give that response because it takes it, – it, for them, for them, I could see it. They're like, oh, you're taking away from the kids or the people that died now and deflecting it to say why this, that, or the other. And I get your point. It makes a hundred percent sense, but I I just don't think people care. It's been going on for so long in Chicago. How long is Chicago? But it's literally like a war zone in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's videos of like people sitting there getting a delivery, and you just hear pop 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 pop, and it's it's like it's crazy. I don't even want to visit Chicago. I wouldn't even want to go there. Yeah, it's <clears throat> gunfights in Chicago, gunfights in Baltimore, gunfights in New York, depending on where. It's it's not New uncommon. York. Okay. Oh, I remember years ago, I'm going back. Um, it's like the summer. I was like 99 or 2000. I, I had just started working um, New York City EMS. I was work. I, I was doing a couple uh, shifts in, in Brooklyn, in East New York, Brownsville. Horrible, you know, riddled with crime, poverty. And some of my first uh, shifts at night we would sit – I think it was a diner and a Wendy's across the street from each other. On It was like Rockaway Turnpike, Pennsylvania Avenue, right in the heart of like Brownsville in that area. And we were sitting there in the ambulance with another ambulance just bullshitting, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And I think, I think uh, the cops showed up. We were just having coffee, just waiting for the next tragedy to strike. And you hear the gunshots. And then we would just kind of sit there, all right – 
It sounded like they came from that direction. Not like we're running there to see what it is because it was such a common occurrence. And then, you know, like when you were a kid and they would tell you, well, you, I think, you know, the storm is getting closer that if you see the lightning flash and then the thunder right away, like the, the lightning's getting closer, the, the, the storm's getting closer. And then as it spreads apart, so we would start, we, we would count. One of the older guys were like, well, now count, start counting in your head, like one, 1,000, two, 1,000. And we would do that on the summer nights and then you'd hear it and then you'd hear it again. And then you'd hear it again. Most of the time, James, our radios never chirped about somebody getting shot. You'd hear that, or maybe someone wouldn't even call nine one one. There, there, we we had situations where we would sit in a parking lot and we would hear a lot of gunfire, like from the the left of us. And the cops that were having coffee with us would get in their car and and drive the opposite way. Like we're not going to go and investigate that unless we're called. Whether somebody's shot. And and things like that. It ha- and it was it was just nobody cared. It just it was an occurrence. Um, and 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 it happens in a lot of big cities riddled with crime. Oh, yeah. But then just- but then but then you turn around and, and then you have the school shootings. So I guess the question is, and I, I it what's the what's the bigger picture here? Meaning all these variables. How and why did he get in that school? Why wasn't it locked down? We, like, why are there unlocked st- – in, in this day and age, why are there still unlocked the doors or doors chocked open? There's footage of him walking into the fucking school, and they won't release it. How many times do we have to play this game that, oh, they, they, they have, like, January 6th, there's 48,000 – like, 48 hours of, of footage that they won't release. There's the, the, the Epstein – uh, death. Oh, it just happened to, to go out. No, the, no camera, the cameras didn't work. <laughs> Hillary made sure of that. 9 11, the Pentagon, the cameras didn't work. Uh, the uh, Vegas shooting, there's no fucking camera footage. Like, we've heard this story over and over and over again. Every school nowadays has cameras set up in their school, inside and out especially one that has an armed officer that just coincidentally wasn't on campus and drove by as it was fucking happening. Just coincidentally, of course, by taking a nap, like the security guards watching that. So, I mean, so, so is it, I guess it's not too far fetched to say at all that these situations are orchestrated by some really fucked up evil people with nefarious intentions for this is why i say where's let's talk about the therapist how many times do these shootings have to happen and we find out that they're on all kinds of psychotropic drugs how many times does that have to happen like 90 99 of the mass shootings especially when they're white kids uh they're on some some psychotropic drugs and it's it's something that we don't want to talk about and then you hear about mk ultra and like oh that's a conspiracy theory in reality it's not we know 100% fact that they were actively trying to brainwash people yeah and 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 doing things to brainwash people and they got caught just like operation mockingbird which we know is 100% real where our intelligence infiltrated our media and what do we say when they got caught now like we all say oh we just expect them that they stopped oh they just they don't do it anymore like we caught them we caught them trying to brainwash people and and turning them into manchurian candidates and 
wiped the slate clean. Like Alan Dulles destroyed fucking 95% of the documents. We only have like a small fraction of the percent of the things that they were doing. And the things that we have are so disgusting, twisted, and evil that it doesn't even sound real. It literally put them in movies to make it seem like it's not real as well. Like Roan, who's supposed to be here again, where, like I said, an hour and a half, two hours, Roan's going to fucking show up. <laughs> Mr. Big Shot over here. Grown um, <laughs> put me out of this show I was watching, Titans. He told me to check it out, and it's actually pretty good. And uh, they were what's, they, it, they, what's it called? Titans? Titans. And uh, it's on HBO Max, and it's pretty good. And uh, they had this one scene. Where they had this whole family, this whole this whole when I seen it was like a part of the narrative for for a season, and uh, this one family was uh, under an MK Ultra spell, and the father got killed, and they had to give him a new father. So they showed how they had this one guy strapped into a chair, head strapped in, and they were showing him. They were they had him on high levels of hallucinogenics and they were showing him everything that he's afraid of and showing him his deepest darkest fears in at 24 7 and they were like oh how long till he's fried and completely wiped they're, they're literally putting it in shows and movies to make it seem like it's crazy but in reality that's 100 what happened and is a fact like there's no denying it so we right. expect to believe that they just stopped alan and and, and the timing no. of everything like, there's no way they're you can tell me differently now. They're doing it yes. differently. They're, they're better at it. They're doing it through the psychologists. They're doing it through so many different avenues rather than just putting them in, sending them up to Canada and, and, and doing these experiments. Like, we know Ted Kaczynski, he, he was an MK Ultra participant. Charles Manson, an MK Ultra participant. Like, these are facts. And it's yeah. wild. That it's people wild. Still, it is wild. Just write it off. Like when we when we talk about this stuff, Alan, people look at us. They're like, "Dude, you're fucking crazy." Like, there's no way they would do this. But in reality, it's already been done. It's already been done. And you expect me to believe that they just said, "Oh fuck, we've been caught, guys." Son of a bitch. They right. got us. We're done. We can't. The, the jig's up. My no, let's just classify it under more and more and more and more and more documents and more and more programs, yeah. and so no one can ever fucking find it. My attitude on, oh, they're not doing anything like, you know, it's all conspiracy theories. And I go back to there are things that the government pulled off and have done in the past few years that have that I was one of the first ones to say that none of it was going to happen. I was one of those people. And now it's like, you know, holy fucking shit. You know, it my eyes were open. I've always been the. Nah, we shouldn't trust the government so much. But now it's I'm not I can't trust the fucking government at all. At all. There's always a level. I can't imagine what people think that they really have faith in the government telling them what's best for them. And unfortunately, there are so many people out there that think that way. And you have these fucked up individuals. What really what really, really, really gets me with this whole shooting is the the quickness of all of these fucked up people on the left that just – I mean Joe Biden within 24 hours. Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke crashing, cra crashing the press conference. You see and, this cut? Making a political statement, that sick bastard. Well, how about, how about the use of the Texas shooting – 
which happens to be in and around, I don't know if it was on the same day, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, of the second anniversary of the uh, Patriot Saint of Fentanyl, George Floyd, you know, dying of an overdose, but, you know, getting killed by the police. Did you see Barry's tweet? Yeah, I, I, I brought it up. I think I have it here, actually. I, I brought it up on uh, I... my on my show this week, and it was, uh, yeah, man. I mean, here we go. Here. This is it. As we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the name of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved him. Here's what I have to say about that. Number one, George Floyd wasn't murdered. Number two, I don't give a fuck about his death. It does not live in me. And number nope. three, the piece of shit that Barry Obama is – to Barry Satoro. To, to Barry Satoro to send out a tweet like this is I, I almost feel like it's 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 beyond the evil for him, but obviously we know it's not. But nope. it, it's but not only that, James, right after it, right after that tweet, he puts out this is this is another great one. This was um, May 25th. I think it was right after this one when I looked on his Twitter feed. He puts up. This this is great. This is great. In the aftermath of his murder, a new generation of activists rose up to channel their anguish into an organized action, launching a movement to raise awareness of systemic racism and the need for criminal justice and police reform. In this tweet, this crazy – evil psychotic motherfucker is praising domestic terrorist organizations blm and antifa who have rioted and burned down cities all over the country caused deaths and everything else and this is what a past president is talking about when 19 kids are are, are dead in a school this this is this is this is the focus it's it, it it is. Alan, I hate it here. I fucking hate. I hate this fucking guy so much. So this guy is so evil. You have, I mean, you have Whoopi Goldberg going on the View. I think it was today. Rant Whoopi the Hut. Uh, I I can't even. I I wouldn't even want to play it. I'm glad I can't. But it's on it's on my Facebook uh, page and on my Instagram where she said, "Well, they're coming for your AR-15s, and if you sold an AR-15 at a gun at a gun show, we'll see you in court. You're going to tell me that I can't have an abortion and tell my family what they can do, but you can go and get an AR-15." And then she goes on to say, "Hey, Damn. by the way, AR-15s aren't mentioned in the Constitution because." I, I, I'm one of the biggest ones to say it. This is listen, abortion is not in the Constitution. Hey, you, you, you dumbass. Um, AR 15s are in the Constitution because it says a right to bear arms, and an AR 15 is arms, you dumb shit. Big 2A, the big 2A. Actually, actually, I think um, we've already infringed on the shall not be infringed because I, I should be legally able to buy a fucking rocket launcher and, uh, by whatever f- full auto like fuck this 198 what is it, 1986 act something like that something yeah, like that. that we should be able to, all of that all of that is infringements on 2a and it's not it, it, it's not going to stop and that's how they do it's death by a thousand cuts 
and this is why they they go for red flag laws. They try so many different ways, and and they and the thing is, they always say the excuse is how many children have to die is the excuse before we ban all the guns, right? That's not like a, a political statement or a rhetorical question. What they're telling you is they won't stop killing kids until they take our guns away like hey listen we're gonna keep doing this until you just fucking bend the knee and say hey just take our fucking guns away because that, that's the only way that they're gonna be able to do it is be, to get us to give up our own guns like they do in other countries well, and that ain't it, happening that ain't that, not, that 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 ain't but, i would say that 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 would happen that, with some that's, people that's that's one of oh it's gonna happen to some people that's their approach that's their approach and and it's it's they're they're willing to to kill people to pull off their agenda and they're backed into a corner like sussman is is the verdict will be delivered on tuesday um that's if they they're expecting a decision did did they so they were supposed to deliberate today and if they came with a decision they were going to release it on tuesday i haven't even prior, prior engagements Right, but I haven't even checked. Well, Monday's Memorial Day, but I haven't checked any of the news to see if they if there's any reports that they came up with a verdict. Have you I seen anything? I haven't either. I haven't either. Um, but we'll we'll, we'll we'll get into that in a, in a second because um, I want to ask uh, Roan some questions about it because Cash was there on the last day, um, and Roan talks to Cash on a regular basis. And the way Cash was talking about it, uh, X twenty two had him on the show and asked cash was like, are you worried that there's a uh, a judge and the jury is so influenced he's like listen it's in dc there's nothing you can literally nothing you could do about it like and not just that i've tried tons of cases and i've never gotten the jury that i wanted the thing is when you lay out when you lay out the evidence that john durham laid out like the fact that this guy sent a text message straight up lying saying i'm acting alone i'm not acting on behalf of a client like blatantly saying that and yeah. then go going to staples and buying the thumb drive to to give to the fbi and then s- s- sending a statement to the clinton foundation uh for those said thumb drives at the same time saying i wasn't acting on behalf of my client like get the fuck out of here that's it, it's it's in their own words like cash patel inter- they used cash patel's uh uh interview uh of sussman as the cl- part of the closing statements they crushed him there's no yeah. way he's, he's like listen the evidence that lady laid out he goes on almost every trial that i've had even when i knew the ju- the, the the jury was uh from a, a not so favorable area um when you lay out really really good undeniable evidence that's not just like a, a witness testimony it's like pen and paper there's text messaging and and actual evidence yeah they they can't not rule the way it's supposed to be ruled um now the question is is he gonna roll roll over post and cash is like listen if he wants to roll over post he you better be giving up clinton or comey otherwise we don't want to hear it because the time to talk was before trial which would be wild which would be wild to see then you have dachenko coming up in february there's well, so he, many things go ahead Here's his. I just looked. I I did the Google machine. I I looked up Sussman verdict. You know, the, you Googleized it. You, you I did. Googled? I I, I Googleized it. And the the last thing about it is four hours ago from Fox. And all it said is the jury's deliberating, and then the judge says a verdict will come next week. There hasn't been any updates since that. You know, I'm, so if he gets convicted 
of lying to an FBI prosecutor or whatever, whoever he lied to, that he lied to the government. Uh, I, I haven't even looked. I probably could Googleize that also. Um, what the the maximum sentence would be? I'm imagining he probably wouldn't get the max anyway because of the Obama appointed judge and all of the uh, the the issues that um, yes, surround surround that. Um, I I'm wondering if the if the sentence is going to be harsh enough to make him want to try his attorney say, hey, he has dirt on people prior to sentencing in the hopes that his sentencing, uh, the judge is lenient on it. That's if we get a guilty verdict, because I'll be honest with you, I am still not convinced that the tainted jury pool, which we know is tainted, uh, is is going to come back with the well, with the right that's, verdict. That's, that's the whole uh, approach by the defense is they're going for jury nullification. They're like, hey, listen, like uh, we we all know that you like Hillary. We're fighting against Orange Man, and Orange Man's so bad. So like, can you just give us a pass on this? Like, that's like that's that's literally <laughs> their, their, their approach. I'm not even joking. That's literally how they're trying to frame their arguments. And when we had Wonder Woman on the show, that's she's like, this is literally what they're doing. I'm like, that's the wildest thing. I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like, because they know they have nothing. It's good. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get him on next week, but he a constitutional attorney, Amir Benno. He's been on my show a few times. So I've been on Roan's show a few times. I actually connected him and Roan together. He lives near me. He's on Newsmax all the time. He's an unbelievable, yeah, shows. unbelievable constitutional mind. He's a great guy. I'm, I'm waiting for him to start his podcast so he can come on the Patriot Podcast Network. He's so, he's so amazing. The knowledge he, he brings, he brings to the table when it comes oh, to this stuff. Lawyer, you're telling me about that. You're, you're helping him with all the setup and everything it's, he's so great so I, we did so I, I used to watch him on newsmax all the time and i reached out to him and I, i'm like hey amir um reach out to him on facebook I, i'd love to have you on my show and then we realized that we like live five minutes from each other so then like before he's on my show he he we we no no he came on my show and then like the following week we're sitting in a diner together having breakfast and he's like oh, i want to start a show because he writes for um what is it? I think it's it's called uh, legalinsurrection.com, I believe he writes for. And uh, I says, you know, maybe you could help me. So absolutely. So I give him a list of everything to buy from the microphone to everything. He bought it all. He's bought it all. So now when he's on Newsmax or he when he appears on stuff, he's got the background. He's got the, the same microphone we have. Like he's all set up to do a podcast, but he's just so heavily engaged in his law practice that he's he keeps getting uh, getting tied into these. Uh, uh, he was big in the New York uh, the 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 mask mandate lawsuits, so he's going to be starting his show soon, hopefully. And uh, he's actually going to be using producer Bob to do some of his uh, his post editing and stuff because Bob is oh, amazing. Bob. Shout out yeah. to Bob. Bob's a legend. Yeah, he is. But uh, it, it's it's uh, I just got a, I just got a notification from the man himself, Roan, that he should be uh, he, sh- he should be with us uh, momentarily. I'm waiting for him to pop I was on. Really, just sending him a text message right now. Yeah, saying- no, he he just texted me that he's logging in uh, in in a, in a couple minutes in the hopes that he will um, he will pop in and just uh, hold on one second. Let me know. Um, Let's see. This way, I can bring him in, and we can start. Uh, we can start talking about some of this America First stuff going on, and I'll I'll be able to uh, to to bring him in. Uh, people out there, when Roan comes on, uh, you, you'll you'll be able to see his uh, 
his his Mister Steakhead. You won't you won't be able to see him. So uh, he's he's anonymous still. Mister Anonymous. Yeah, he, he's 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 in a, he's in a non. He's got you know why? Because because he has a face fit for radio. Actually, he's in. So give me just one second, and I'm gonna. Uh, you hear him? I hear him. Yeah, hold on. Roan. Gentlemen, Roan. You, 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 honored there. to be on with you guys. Absolute well, honor to be on with you guys. Whatever's playing in the background, shut that shit off. It's off, it's off, it's off. Roan from Steak for Breakfast Podcast. What's up, man? Oh, man, guys, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Busy week, but here we are making it happen. We, we were just talking talking about a bunch of shit, and uh, we were actually we were just talking about you and and, and how great you are and how you're anonymous because you have a uh, you got a face fit for radio, so we don't want anybody to sure see. Sure do. <laughs> I am an ugly mug, ugly mug. No, it, guys, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, right, I stop shaking us uh, off. No, hey, I got two hands. I need to put them to work. <laughs> No, seriously, I, I gotta tell you, and I'm not even, I'm not even trying to like to to to, like, to blow like you, my ass. Okay. lick your ass. I'm not trying to lick your. I tell people all the time, a lot, of, a lot of gayness going on right now. <laughs> Why are you gay? No, seriously, you... It, it you you are you probably have. I'm gonna say you are my favorite podcast to listen to. Sorry, James. No, no you're serious. Okay. Like, Rones, 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 I think is the, one of the best podcasts, if not the best podcast out there. It, uh, the, it, you and the whole team. You, you you do you do amazing work. Uh, if I, I I'm sorry, but that fat sloppy fuck Steve Bannon has nothing on you, and I I'm 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 100 serious when I say that. It's it's to, I mean to the point where you have the war room trolling your show, which I love. I love, and it it just makes me happy because that just means you you're 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 killing it. It's it's great. I tell you what, it's a hard life competing with 200 million downloads when you have 250,000 downloads, but we do the best we can. We're all, all three of us, our whole pod team, Noah and Antoinette too, we're, we're working hard all week to try and bring you guys the the best news story with, with decent commentary, a little bit of comedy, and then like the hardest hitting guests that you could, you know, possibly get in, in any kind of political podcast in our realm. Your, your guest list is... Uh is quite impressive my friend and the friends that you made and that's i i want to get into a little bit about about that because a lot of the people that you have on are america first candidates they're unbelievable candidates uh that i want that i know alan wants to get into as well uh also you're good friends with amanda milius christina bob and uh cash patel who's been making his rounds lately we just had him on today shows up i want to i want to pick your brain on on some of that throughout the show because uh, Mr. Big Shot shows up an hour and a half late. That's uh, right. It's, it's, we, <laughs> no, we, we, we waited for better, him. Better, better, <laughs> better, yeah, we, we just sat here and jerked each other off for an hour and a half. And I'm sure it was top-tier comment, S-tier comment. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we appreciate you coming on better late than never. So with, uh, with some of the midterms kind of coming underway, I want to, Alan, is that what you want to get into first? Because that's kind of what I'm chomping yeah, at. Yeah, like, I, I, hold on. I got to just, oh, uh, I just got to, I got to, I got I to gotta oh. watch the, the James out of my mouth from the last fucking hour and a half. So hold get on ready a for me. Get ready that's, for me. <laughs> that's why, I, that's why I, I, I'm smoking a cigar. So it just offsets the taste. So I love it. No, you're, you're, 
obviously we established your show is is news commentary. You're bringing the latest from America First candidates. You're following so many campaigns, and you you really follow them. I don't know how I I know you don't sleep much, but nope. like literally, bring us into I guess up to speed. It's a lot on some of the hard hitting campaigns that uh, out there that and the America First candidates that you've been speaking with uh and 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 talking about i want to like where do you want to start because i want to get into the georgia primary i want to get into uh Let's mike crispy's campaign so okay. joe kent yeah we'll dive in some with joe kent who we who we talk to regularly like dive in where do we start what's going on well, in america first world you know, you know, let's get into Georgia. We just had the primary this week. Obviously, uh, we come to learn after the primary that David Perdue had uh, more than the voter base to go up against. It, it, it appears that, uh, you know, Brian Kemp had weaponized a lot of the ground game that David Perdue was trying to harness and in, in, in trying to get that Georgia governor race into a, a runoff. And it seems like, you know, Brian Kemp had paid uh, a lot of staffers that had worked on the original Purdue senatorial campaign and then the 2020 runoff to work in his office and basically sabotage it. So, you know, even though I thought uh, the possibility of getting into a runoff was real, it, it didn't happen. And Brian Kemp's going to be the uh, nominee there against Stacey Abrams, which terrifies me. Uh, you know, yeah, but, but, but you want to talk about races that aren't rigged. You saw Herschel Walker well walk like to 70 uh, percent right yeah, yeah. 67 percent uh win with with an amazing turnout that was three times the size of the voter base than uh 2016 and great. uh the early the early predictions there uh, and the pollsters even trafalgar are showing him at anywhere between 3.5 to 4 points ahead of Raphael warnock to open and that's before any debates that's before we start talking about Raphael Warnock doing nothing in the Senate and how bad the economy and gas prices and energy stuff is going on in Georgia. And, you know, it's, it's looking pretty good to uh, flip the power in the Senate in, in Georgia. But but don't take for granted, uh, Nevada, Adam Lexalt, too, is, is polling hugely in the primary uh, double digit lead close to 20 points. Jeez. And it looks like, he, yeah, he, he's close to five point advantage in the uh, yeah. general election in November against the Democrat incumbent. So there's two Senate seats there where it looks like we're going to flip. Um, some of those, some of the smaller races in Georgia, uh, you want to talk about like, uh, Vernon Jones, who, who's Trump endorsed, uh, our show never hitched our wagon to that. Uh, we know I'm that I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Vernon oh, no. Jones at all. Nope. Mike, Coll Mike Collins ran on an America first platform. He's a huge supporter of Donald Trump. And okay. I think the best thing about Mike Collins was he showed so much class when Vernon Jones was inserted into that race to get out of the governor's race uh to not go negative on trump and just run on kind of like uh georgia first he stayed pro trump that's like the first thing in his campaign mm -hmm. he, he had about i think 5700 more votes than vernon jones in the primary and they're going to a runoff so there's a guy who didn't meet the threshold it's curry and he makes up 15 percent of the voter base so mike needs to get about eight percent of that to come over to him between now and uh, late june when they're going to have the primary in georgia and he looks like we'll have an amazing candidate there in georgia 10. Wow. so i want to talk about the governor's race uh with kemp and purdue for a second sure i saw earlier that brian kemp did 20 points better than what he was polling on and you were just I saw that too. and uh that's that's so wild to me 
when you see numbers like Herschel Walker got or Marjorie Green Taylor got, and all of a sudden this guy does 20 points better than how he was polling, it, it doesn't really add up to me. What do you think? So, you know, here's how they try to legitimize the fraud. So I did a lot of watching in the like maybe 10 days going into that election. And what I saw was CNN, MSNBC and Fox News all collaborate. And no matter where they posted up, it was a diner. It was a uh, like a town hall. It was uh, at like a, a local city sponsored event. Every single person they interviewed on all three channels would say like, oh, I'm pro-Trump, but I'm voting for Brian Kemp. And okay. uh, they, they start to build that narrative that what Donald Trump wanted just wasn't what the people uh, – what resonated with them. And, and I, start to, I said, this is how they're going to go and beat the polls by to- showing everyone that watches legacy media every night – Okay, well, it makes sense. Like everybody says they were going to vote for Brian Kemp. So I guess he did do a little bit better when the economy's in the garbage, when Brian Kemp signed on to a, a, a billions and billions of dollar uh, trade deal with a George Soros sponsored international company that was going to outsource work from Georgia when energy prices are through the roof, when, you know, schools are being infiltrated with woke teaching curriculum. Uh, it just doesn't resonate with the voter base there. What I saw on TV. I think is a direct opposite of what the actual base in Georgia wants, but it seems like the legacy media is going to hold on to Georgia as a purple state. uh, No matter what, it's like one of their live all die on the Hill talking points. And and it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, I've been, I've been to Georgia dozens of times. I know a lot of people that live there. We've talked to a lot of candidates from there. And it seems like, you know, when you look at the success in the Senate and the house races and, and what those people were running on, and then you get up to the governor's race, it's like a direct, opposite of what voted down ballot which we saw in the 2020 presidential election but we know why it was like that and it, it's the same the same old story and this is this is the, the argument it's not the argument but the discussion that me and you have on a regular basis and alan we we go back and forth on it as well we had a uh, whole discussion what was that today on the phone about the about the georgia uh, governor yeah. race right i think it was yesterday when we were saying we should have recorded our phone conversation it was. It was like an hour-long phone conversation, Ronan, and it, it, we should have recorded it because it was a podcast episode in itself, and I want to get into that. Go ahead, James. So so I love all the America First candidates that you're bringing to the table. I, I think you do. You guys do unbelievable work, and something that I say to you off-air all the time uh, is exactly that. But my, my argument or my point that I bring to the table is, okay, these people are the right people, but how are we going to get them in if everything is rigged and and we're learning more and more with states rights and and how important the secretary of states are and uh the governors are in these individual lieutenant governors exactly we're learning how like people are learning not, not necessarily us but people people the public is learning how important those races are how can we expect to go into these midterm elections and not think that it's going to be totally rigged against us because you see it time in and time out. New Jersey, California, now Georgia. All of these things are just – it's just continuing to happen. Now, look at Pennsylvania as well. We're still like, what the fuck is going on over there? Like, it's nonstop. And Dr. It Oz. Look, it doesn't look like anybody's doing anything to fix it. Like, you had that one, the one Senate candidate running on and she, in Arizona, and she's like, yeah, nothing's been done. No, nothing's changed. 
No, it, it's a great point you make, James. And, you know, I talked to Heather Mullins of Real, of Real America's Voice this week, and we were kind of talking, you know, she's been on the ground hitting it hard in Georgia since day one, pointing out the stuff, the court cases, the things that haven't changed. And, and she said that the thing that most uh, – you know, raises a lot of red flags with her as you see what happened in Pennsylvania with the Senate runoff. And we're at like day nine now without a without a clear winner and they're heading to a recount now. And you see the uh, stuff that's going on in Georgia, where the top of the ticket didn't match the down ballot, much like the 2020 presidential election. And she said the sad part about it is no matter how much of this shit is is tied up in court, we're not seeing a lot of the uh, changes that we would have liked to. And, uh, you know, we talked with uh, Kelly Ward, not too long ago on our show, and, and she said the same thing. Almost all of the changes that are proposed to make elections better in Arizona have all been kind of thrown out. So, you know, I do see in some other states you have Joe Kent, uh, you know, talking all the time about how he's been able to source and prove that Kevin McCarthy is funneling money into his rhino uh, voted for impeachment, uh, you know, uh, the candidate that he's running against. The same thing with Eric Greitens. You've seen the FBI, the DOJ, and a whole bunch of people at the state legislative level in Missouri try to derail his campaign. And he got some really good lawyers and some really good private investigators. And he's been vindicated in a lot of the claims that were made against him, if not all of them. And, uh, you know, it's some of those things where, where like these candidates are literally fighting for their lives. You know, it's kind of cliche to say, but if they would just go out and try to do the things that normal candidates are supposed to do, stump, shake hands, knock on doors, hang signs, they'd be freaking left in the dust. Yeah. So it's because it's because these laws aren't changing. You know, you got to hope with like governors like Kerry Lake, that's for surely going to be coming in in Arizona. And, and you know, it looks like we're going to get Sarah Sanders down there in, in Arkansas. We're going to see a lot of this stuff start to change. I, I look at it this way. It's a scorecard across the board. You know, you you lose uh, David Perdue, but you gain a Kerry Lake and, and a Sarah Sanders. So, you know, those are yeah. two people that are going to do way more than just toe the line. Yeah, I trade for that. I'd make that trade because I never really liked David Perdue to begin with, but he was definitely better than Brian Kemp. And I, I now think Stacey Abrams is going to get the nod. They're going to rig it for her. Which is scary because then, then you're going to have that head-to-head matchup of uh, Ron DeSantis and, and Stacey Abrams in 2028, and it's going to be literally the woke agenda versus uh, America first. But how that, does anybody support that fat beluga whale? Like how? Uh, how, how does anybody support anything a, anything woke these days? They have their masses and they're rigging things. I mean, it's disgusting. Like, wait, wait. all right. So we were talking uh, on the phone. James and I wrote about the 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 Georgia election with Kemp and Purdue. So Purdue is Trump endorsed. Do you think now? I, I don't remember what was the oh you, you, Kemp. What was the margin that that uh, Kemp won the primary by? I don't remember. Do you know? Yeah, it was like he won with a seventy-two percent clip. Seventy-two percent. David, David Purdue came in with like high twenties. Right. So. I was listening to – I forget who I was listening to. It was two people that were, were talking about it. It made me think a little bit. The Trump endorsement, obviously it didn't help him. But do you think the Trump that Trump made that endorsement of uh, Purdue out of revenge because of, of his – of disdain for Kemp? Well, there was, there was a lot of people who could have ran in that race. But the fact of the matter is, is – uh, you know, David Perdue had run two successful, well, two senatorial campaigns. One was successful. The other one he had lost by a point and a half in the 2020 runoff. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is he was the only candidate in a short amount of time that had an established ground game throughout the state. 
And like I said at the top of the segment, you know, we've come to find out this week that through dark money and uh, yeah. back room dealings that Brian Kemp bought a whole bunch of the people that worked for that ground game of, of David Perdue and uh, kind of derailed his campaign from the inside out. Infiltration rather than yeah. invasion. And J- James, yeah. your your attitude with the Georgia government, uh, the, the governor election, is there f- that Georgia's fucked either way. That's your that's your feeling, whether it's with Kemp or well, Stacey yeah. Abrams. Yeah. Look what's going on in Georgia as we speak. Like a clear history, the economy's fucked. It, Everything is fucked. And I, I I think I think Kemp will be a little bit better than Stacey Abrams, but not by much, dude. Just just because Stacey Abrams is like AOC, just fat. Um, <laughs> hey, and, did you hear? Yeah. Supposedly, there's a rumor that she's selling her Tesla because uh, Elon Musk picked on her about it. That she, supposedly her uh, Tesla's going up for sale. Did you hear that? What is she going to buy no, now? What's, what's her that, next electric vehicle? I don't know. Who AOC? Yeah, she. Yeah, she, I saw that on the news today. And then I thought in my head, where that you know, honestly, this could be, this could be something. She could probably sell that car. It was her car, you know, the the whole – she takes it to Whole Foods all the time. That's her AOC's car. She just got engaged to her little bitch white boy that she goes out with, even though she hates white men. They all want to date her. She hates them all. I'm wondering if she's going to just sell it or if she's literally going to, like, auction it off for That's some – awesome. All her farts are in the seat. <laughs> All of her farts are in gotta, the seat. Them seats. Oh, yeah. I can't. I hate her. I hate her so hate so, so much. Not a, not a fan. Not a fan. You know, you mentioned I- you mentioned Joe Kent and and Kevin McCarthy. So you know, Joe Kent had called me a couple weeks ago. He was running down his donor list. And I came up and he's like, I'm not shaking you down for money. I saw your name come up. I swear. I just I, I wanted to give you an update on the campaign. I thought it was really cool. I'm sitting in my living room. We were talking. And he said that Kevin McCarthy, his, I guess, super PAC, and they're, they're sending representatives to every one of Joe Kent's events, every single one, like taking notes, counting heads. It is unbelievable the extent that they are going, like Kevin McCarthy, the establishment Republicans, to do whatever they can to railroad every America First candidate out there because they're so petrified. And I I say it all the time. I'm like a broken record now that that they're afraid that they're going to lose the majority in the party. And there's going to be a big change if 15 or 20 America first candidates get elected to Congress. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just one of those things where Joe Kent would be skating to a much easier campaign. Thank God, because of his, you know, prior service to the country as a special forces and then, you know, a, a CIA commando. Uh, that worked in some really hot zones, especially North Africa and Syria, that he just doesn't take his foot off the gas. Uh, he understands what it takes to get over the finish line. Uh, but you're talking about a race where he should probably be winning by like probably double digits, maybe 10, 12 points. And he's like in a three to four point advantage in the primary, uh, yeah. same numbers for the general election. And that's because he's getting so much pushback from the, you know, the K Street establishment in Washington. Yeah, and unfortunately, the the incumbent, what's her name, Butler, something like that. Uh, she's an, another Herrera Butler, Herrera Butler, never Trumper, Trump hater, never Trumper. She's 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 out fundraising him. I think it's like almost uh, I, it's it's it, it's a lot. She's out. She obviously because of Kevin McCarthy and his dark money. Three to but one. Three mm-hmm. to one. Three to one. You know, it's um, 
God, you know, I, we need people like Joe Kent to win. We need people like, you know, Mike, Mike Crispy's another one. He's he's yep. fighting the good fight in New Jersey, man. I was at an event, Listen, his event Monday night, and uh, he's he's hitting it hard, hitting it hard. We, we got to talk about that race because, you know, there's so many uh, intangibles that Mike had brought to the party that have materialized into reality right now. It's almost it's one of the biggest races in the country when you talk about just the numbers game. So my, Mike walked into a race that was redistricted into a huge plus, you know, I think between 16 and 20 for Trump yeah. uh, in, in the 2020 presidential election. He's going up against a 40 plus year incumbent a complete rhino who has voted for the COVID relief act, build back better and impeachment twice. Yeah, uh, this is a Republic. dollars too, right? He probably voted for that too. 40 billion. He, he did vote for you, the Ukraine bill as well. And he doesn't and, live and, in the he, state he's running in. And he hasn't lived in the state in over 20 years. He lives in Virginia. He has a, he has like a one bedroom uh, beach house in New Jersey that he goes to when he, you know, he goes to stay there. But the fact of the matter is, is what Mike has been able to do is get out, hit the ground game hard. Like Mike has done the, the typical blueprint. He shook hands, knocked on doors, hung signs, had events. But he's also gotten huge players to come in and endorse him for his his races. So far, I think it's Carrie Lake, Wendy Rogers, Rudy Giuliani, uh, amongst Kevin others. Who have all, of, yeah, Michael Flynn have all come in and endorsed him. And, and right now, Mike's at like he's so close to getting a Trump endorsement, I feel, from uh, – People I have talked to close to Trump world that uh, he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. You know, so, when, when, when you're when you're getting shit posts on Twitter yeah. from Patriot takes like Mike <laughs> did today, you you know you're right over the target, literally and, and over the target. It's true, it's true. And today, so when I at I, Monday night this week, I was at I went to a, a cigar event in Jersey for Mike Crispy. Rudy Giuliani was there. He had given his endorsement the day before and he was there. And Roger Stone, who's running uh, Crispy's campaign was there. And we were all, uh, it was a great night. It was just, it was about 30 people there. We were all, it was a really intimate setting. It was great. A lot of things were, were, were talked about. And Rudy had said right there at the table that he was calling, uh, Donald Trump the next day to say, you got to endorse this guy. And I know for a fact that today, Roger Stone was on the phone with DJT. Details of the conversation are unknown, but um, I'm 95% sure that's, if not the purpose of that conversation, was uh, to endorse people uh, like Mike Crispy and Jackson Lawmeyer in in Oklahoma, and 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 other people. So I I have a feeling that it's going to be game time, and it's going to be right before the prime. The primary is June seventh, and yep. you know we're 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 so close, and I, I hope he gets it. He's 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 picking up huge amounts of steam. I mean, there was like seven primary or eight primary candidates, and it's now just between. He's in column A now, right? Against an incumbent. He's like, in column you know, A. Jay, I, I want to talk about that, and that that's based off internal polling, straw poll, uh, beat on the street, uh, the the refusal to do debates, which Chris Smith has has done against Mike. Listen. Just for the typical voter that lives in that district in New Jersey, NJ4, you talk about securing column A against a 40-plus year incumbent. You have done the work and and are prime. If I was Mike, and I tell him all the time, keep fighting for that endorsement, but if you don't, burn every single dollar you have and every single thing you can get it into because, listen, you're in a district that's plus 20-plus for Trump, you get over the hump in this primary, and, and all you got to do is be Mike Crispy all the way up until November, and you'll be good to go. 
Oh, that's it. Once he 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 pulls the primary, he he's in. He's going to Congress without a yep. doubt in, in 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 his in his district. I I'm, I think I'm going to. Uh, I was talking to Mike. I think I'm going to take a ride to Jersey to uh, to the uh, primary night to where they're having his uh, little headquarters election party, and I think I'm going to sit there with him and watch the results come in. I think I'm taking oh, that's the trip. Awesome. That's awesome. I, no, Mike, Mike's done the work. He, he, he does, there's very few candidates in this country that, that go soup to nuts like Mike has. And he, he's in the handful of the exclusive uh, number of people who literally deserve this. He's done the work. And Chris Smith has never been primaried before, I believe, in like the 42 years he's been in Congress. He's never been primaried. He's so deep rooted within the uh, municipalities and, and state and local governments in New Jersey. But, you know, from from talking to Mike, Mike's been able to shake a lot of those prior safety zones for Chris Smith away. And that that all goes into the equation that helped him secure column A. Abs- yeah. Yeah. Column A. That was that was a big um, a big feat in itself to 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 accomplish that. I mean, now back to my point that I always bring up in New Jersey's gubernatorial gubernatorial race i can't speak i'm retarded we know this yeah we know that we know it was heavily rigged they shut, shut down machines in essex county yep. burger county was 100 percent counted for citarelli and all of a sudden at 1 30 in the morning it switched and flipped uh like all these things happen in new jersey and i agree mike needs to get in like we need him to get in but i'm just worried that it's going to be rigged against him and it's going to be very difficult uh, to overcome that rigging, even if there is a crazy turnout, they're going to stop the election if it doesn't go the way they want. And they're going to figure out a way, like look at what they're doing in Pennsylvania right now. They're going to shut down machines. They're going to do what they have to do to get their guy in. And that's what's very concerning to me. Now, not only is that concerning to me, but it's not just that we have to get a couple of these guys in. Because in my opinion, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you do. But if we get a couple of these guys in and don't get enough to get Kevin McCarthy out as speaker of the house. We lost. It's not good enough. (laughs) I I agree. What are the chances that something like that can actually happen where we get enough America first guys in that uh, we can get, get Kevin McCarthy out of the, the house chair. You know, I, I, uh, my honest assessment is probably between 30 and 40 percent. Uh, not the best numbers, but, no. you know, we, I saw Jim Jordan go on Maria Bartiromo like uh, two weeks ago, and he kind of voiced support for Kevin McCarthy. I don't know if that's not playing uh, his hand well or, or, or showing what he's got there. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people who have been talking from the inside that said there's a coalition of you know, the Freedom Caucus guys and, and the America First people who are already in the House kind of rallying behind Jim Jordan and uh, encouraging him to challenge Kevin McCarthy. If he was able to to get him out as Speaker of the House, they would run it, you know, kind of like a pseudo committee where he would be the Speaker, but they would, you know, divvy out stuff on behalf of the American people in regards to uh, what they were going to push legislation wise. But we got to see what, you know, it, it's all numbers right now. And, uh, we can make a better assessment that as the primary goes around, but I'd say it's probably around 40% right now. I don't even think it's at 50. It's not 50, 50 yet just because of uh, who's there. And, and, you know, it, because it's like, it, okay, if you're not, if you're in the 
if you're already in the house and, and you're far along enough to where you're assigned to committees and stuff like that, so you're past your, your freshman and sophomore like races, so you've been in the house for four years plus and you start getting assigned to committee and you're proposing legislation that's getting written up and some are getting to the house floor to be held up for votes and then you go against who would essentially be the speaker of the house well you can probably forget about some of those committees you sit on or altogether if not being put on crappy ones and then as far as your legislation your bills that you can go talk about on the floor stuff that you could bring back to your constituents uh for the next election cycle and be like you asked for it i proposed it it got sent to the floor for a vote uh you you could definitely see kevin mccarthy removing a lot of those people um you know so it's kind of like pick and choose your battles Uh, i don't want kevin mccarthy it seems like donald trump kind of has like a live and let die 50 50 relationship with him right now based on that january 6th stuff that came out a month ago but we're just gonna have to see where those you know at all accounts if we secured like close to 80 seats in the house i think we would have enough people to really get behind jim jordan but right now it's it's too hard to see because we're only through about a third of the primary season we still have an overwhelming majority of the the country left yet to vote and and you know there's in some states have so many house members you really got to start you know getting into the nitty-gritty of what who's america first and who's really running on trump agenda that's gonna have the balls enough to continue to run on that once they get into the house representatives I someone like that alan we had them on the show pretty recently say who's that i know someone like that who's just running on the coattails of president trump to try to get in Oh, oh! You you talking about that fraud, Kate Corrigan? That was on your yes. show. I, he, I believe she was on your show, correct, uh, Roan? She was. And what did I tell you guys? As soon as she went off, she was as vanilla as could be, and she kind of went down the list of every single thing that Donald Trump has ever proposed as America <laughs> First since 2015, and and gave no other answers other than that. She so, uh, she did not she did not handle tough questions very well. So, well, what was great, Roan? I don't know if you if you if you saw it or not. So. So James was having her on the show. Me and James had a conversation before, I think the day she was coming on. And I said, she refuses to come on my show. She unf- she didn't block me, but she unfollowed all my socials because she had reached out to me a long time ago about coming out, uh, coming on my show. And I, I just maybe both. I- I yeah, I was talking. <laughs> I was talking to a couple people in in the local area because she's local to me, and. Uh, she was abandoned by a big grassroots organization, the lab majority here that she was trying to attach herself to because they went with somebody else. Then she was basically lied and said, well, she switched districts because they re- – running in districts because they redrew them, which was bullshit. She knew she was going to lose in the one that Robert Cornicelli is running in uh, to, to get Garbarino's spot. And then you have Lee Zeldin run for governor and the whole thing. So I confronted her. In Manhattan at a at a at an event with, for Andrew McCarthy, who was running for Congress but had to back out because of a military uh, obligation, and in front of him and Andrew McCar- Andrew Giuliani, I said to her, "I'm not convinced that you're not full of shit. You were a <laughs> you were a commie." Andrew Giuliani's looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "You you were a commie. You wrote an essay about it. You you're you're." Your talking points are all the 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 generic talking points of MAGA and Trump, and you're so I, I just feel like you're not genuine, and there is a a large fraudness, fakeness about you, and 
she was there with her mother. It's her, her and her mother and her sister. It's like the trio. I think they're running her campaign. She's she's not fundraising at all. She's not. Nope. I mean, nothing. She spent a shit ton of money on taking a picture with Donald Trump and posting it everywhere, almost like implying that she got the orange man's endorsement, which she didn't. And so, so she's going to go on James's show. And I'm like, James, she, she's going to dance around with the talking points when she feels like she might be a little flustered. She's going to say, well, that's a really, yeah, that's a really good question. And she did that for like most of the questions. And what was great is I didn't realize that it's a live show and I'm in the, I'm in the chat. And I didn't know she could see the chat. I thought just the show was good. Day, and I completely blew it up. And I, I'm writing, ask her about the essay that she wrote in college. And I'm posting and the link. It. And, I'm, and, and, I'm, and I quoted it in the chats. And me and my wife are watching it. And then I think it was, I don't know if it was Nick or Aunt said, hey, somebody has a question in the chat. Oh, and, God. And so, no, wrote her face. Her facial expression. All of a sudden, I see her look down, and I'm like, me and my wife look at each other. I'm like, she can read the fucking chat. And her whole facial expression changed. Like, oh, not this fucking guy. (laughs) It's so funny because because, uh, I was trying to give her enough rope to hang hang herself. And you did? And then then ask those questions. And... (laughs) Alan's just like fucking slit her throat now. Tell her now. Finish her. Because like I'm like, oh, listen, you're 24 years old, right? Like I'm trying to lay that down because when she was 20 years old, she literally wrote an essay about how four the years US, ago. Yeah, four years ago, how the U.S. can't create peace because it's founded on theft, slavery, uh, racism, and, and institutionalized misogyny. So. <laughs> 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 it was the most ridiculous thing ever. So I'm like, all right, well, you're 24 years old right now. And she also worked for Hillary Clinton's campaign when she was 10. And she also worked for another campaign when she was 17, 18 years old to unseat a sitting Republican. And she lied about that when we had her on the show. So I started to lay the foundation. I said, hey, you're 24 years old. That's pretty young to get involved in, in, in run for poli- run for Congress. Like, have you ever run for anything or gotten involved in politics before? Well, you had, she- said, you had said if she was involved in politics before. You didn't – and this was good because you oh, didn't the- ask her if she ran for office. And yeah. And she ran and I was said, like, Congress, no. Yeah, I was, I was like, Congress is a pretty big undertaking for a 24-year-old who's never been involved in anything with politics before. Like, what made you do that? So I started to lay the groundwork and – Ask some some groundwork questions, and Alan's in the comment section just is just destroying her. He's like, "This bitch is a fraud to ask a question," and uh, she she could not handle it. I asked her, I, and I, I quoted her in the article, and I asked her, and I and what I what I said, I was like, "Hey, listen, I need you to detail. Like, I get that people have changed." because of what has happened in 2020. Like I've seen with my own eyes, people be full blown commies and now being Trump loving MAGA supporters and want to see this country. I've seen it with my own eyes because of what has happened. But what I need to know, because this was only four years ago, how it happened, like detail it. Like what was the process? Like, why did you, why did you not bring up the fact that you work for these campaigns? Why are you trying to avoid these, these topics and not like if I changed, if that was me, wouldn't you want to be that that to be a part of your story? Like, yeah, I used to be a raging liberal, but because how corrupt and evil our country is, like, I have changed. I have turned to the other side. Like, wouldn't that be a, a, a triumphant part of your story? Why would you try to hide it? 
she had nothing right. she, she blamed the essay on her teacher she's like yeah my teachers influenced me to to write that uh my professor because it's an indoctrination center in college i'm like well if you can be influenced in school by a teacher how are right. you, you expect how, your... how are you going to survive nancy pelosi yeah yeah or diane feinstein pressing you against but, the wall remember that like mean mugging but the, people but but the way yep. she said it the way she said it she's like well that was many years ago it was four fucking years ago you're gonna tell me you don't remember writing that essay four fucking years ago and then you're gonna blame it on your college professor for for influence you to do you i wrote it with my college uh, professor please. i mean come on so and she's a newly that. she's a newly uh, registered Republican. Yep, and I grilled her on that, but it, it it got it got to the point where she clearly had no answers. So we moved on to the Roe v. Wade abortion issue because New York is riddled with abortion problems. You could basically kill a baby right up until the baby's born. So I was yep. like, oh, well, I know it's a states' rights issue, and you're running heavily on states' rights, uh, but this is a big issue, and you do have influence over legislators and people who can make a change. Are you going? What are you going to do to champion? a move to change these disgusting abortion laws. And she's like, well, I can't really do anything and like deflected the whole entire question. And I know she's a big 2A guy, a 2A person. So I asked her the same thing. She had this long, elaborate answer. And Nick, my co-host is like, oh, if you're big 2A, what kind of gun do you have? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm so glad you said that. So Roan, we're watching the show in real time, me and my wife, and we're like, we're like, I swear, like we were watching a fucking sporting event. We're like, yeah, she's a fucking fake getter. And then I literally, Roan, Roan, I say to my wife, because she said, I swear to God, she goes, yeah, I'm, I'm a big supporter of the Second Amendment. I own guns. I look at my wife and I go, one of these motherfuckers better ask her what kind of gun she owns. So <laughs> I, I swear to God. Ten not ten seconds later, it was Ant, right? Ant asked. It was Nick. It was Nick. Nick Nick said, "Hey, they will wrap it up." And he said, "What kind of gun do you own?" And she's like, "Oh, um, I own a Blackwater." Stop. Just stop a second. We're all gun owners. Yes. If someone asked you, Roan, what kind of gun you have. Are you going to give just the general manufacturer? Are you going to be proud of the firearm you own and tell me, no, 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 I, I have a Glock uh, third generation 17. I have a, 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 a root, you know, a, you know what I mean? Like a, a Delta level oh, defense yeah. AR-15. You're going to, you're going to tell someone what kind of gun you own, not just the you're fucking the general caliber, gun manufacturer, the right? Caliber, the, what you're, sh yeah, you're going to get a little details. So then mm. I, 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 so, so, but then hold on. Cause it, it gets better, James. So I, I didn't even tell you this yet, and I have something to show you. So oh I go, I go. Uh -oh. So if she's, she's probably, I go, she's talking about most likely the Blackwater Century 21, which I own, which is a tactical magazine-fed pump shotgun on an AR-15 frame. If you own one of these fucking guns, and it's your gun, not someone else's that maybe you shot before, what did you say? I, I, people ask me, oh, what kind of shotguns do you have? It's just, it's one of my favorite guns. It says, oh, I have, I have a Blackwater Century 21. It's mag fed, holds eight rounds. It's a pump shotgun and looks like an AR 15. And people are like, oh, really? I go, yeah. That's so, badass. so, so, <laughs> so, so, so on the day of the mass shooting in Texas, okay, now she goes to the gun range I go to out in Calverton, Long Island. It's an outdoor gun range, okay? She that's around where she is. It's around where I am. I also came to find out that she bought this firearm 
at the same gun. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't know if she bought it, but it's the only gun store in that area that is the dealer for this specific weapon. And I know the owner, and I'm going to try to find this out. Because um, I don't believe any of the other gun stores in the area are carrying this weapon, but I could be wrong now. Right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The day of the shooting, okay, the day of the shooting, this is what she posts at the gun range. This is Kate Corrigan. You see it? Do you see her? Oh, and she's holding the Century 21, Blackwater Century 21. Oh, so you were dead on it? Shotgun. So... Hey, maybe I was owned. I don't know if she owns that weapon, but that—that that is the gun she's talking about. And she, oh, oh, the the Blackwater. So it's like, all right, that's a specialty she, rifle. Like that's that, not. That, like a, that it is. is. It is a, a special. Not, it is a specialty rifle, and it's not a cheap rifle. It's not something that no. you would just go and buy just because you want to. If you're going out to buy a pump action shotgun, that's not the gun you're probably gonna buy. Oh. A no, magazine no. fed gun. No. Like I, 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 I bought it. I was like, I saw the thing, and I was like, I, 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 I need this gun. So <laughs> I need this. It, I, I'm, I'm thinking it belongs to somebody, or, or I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She bought the gun, maybe shot it a few times at the range, which I guess is good, but doesn't really know about the gun. But maybe she felt like she needed to buy a firearm so she can back up her statement of being a Second Amendment supporter. I just this is just an example. That, that's feasible. It's very that's not a reach. I think it's just an example of of how fake some of these of these people are. And I I honestly just believe that she is a fraud. She listen, she she's not going to win. And unfortunately where I am, the establishment GOP is is very very strong in 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 what in what they what they do, how they control their elections. And if you don't have the backing of usually the GOP, unless you're somebody really right. special, you, you're not going to win. She's running against an establishment, uh, a GOP, that's most likely going to win the primary. But it's it's uh, she. Uh, oh no, she didn't unfollow you. You thought she unfollowed you, right, James? But you found out that she uh, didn't. I I guess I have to check again because I've been I, I I blasted her on your show. I blasted her on my show. <laughs> She was not happy. At the end of that show, you I'll can tell. I'll give her credit, though. She stuck it out for an hour, for a long interview. Like she didn't like try to bail out. Like I had to. I had to boot her off. It didn't uh, really. It didn't really get hairy until towards the end, like when you when you started hitting her, because you asked her questions and then you kind of you know she she. She she did. You, you left her with enough rope to hang herself about because she didn't want to talk about volunteering on the Hillary Clinton campaign when she was 10. And when she was and I get it, you're 10. My daughter's nine. She does what she's told. And she was homeschooled at Kate Corrigan. And she said, well, when I was 10, I did it for a homeschool project. I mean, you're, you're telling me you're a constitutional Democrat and you were raised this way. Like your, your mother, only, like if you were homeschooled, then you were taught by your mother had a huge influence, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, on what you're doing and in the articles that she was quoted to go work work in the hillary clinton campaign the reason she told her mother that she had to go work for hillary clinton is because hillary needs me is what she told her mother so the only way a 10 year old is saying something so ridiculous that hillary clinton needs her to help her on her campaign is heavy heavy influence from your parents and the people that are directly in contact with you on a regular basis so you're telling me you're a constant i don't even know a constitutional democrat exists yeah I don't I, think- what, 
when she said that, I was like, what the fuck is a constitutional Democrat? Because every Democrat that I know now is someone that wants to like, change it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're all progressives and want to shit on the Constitution. Like, For real. Yep. So, <clears throat> all right. Enough, enough about that fake shit. Um, <laughs> I, I want to talk. You had Cash Patel on your show today. And uh, I, I, I honestly, I didn't, I'll, I'll be listening to it tomorrow. I'm sure. But, uh, did you guys get into the, um, the Durham case at all? The Sussman case? We did. He came on and we talked uh, briefly about his new children's book that's out, the plot against the King and, uh, you know, already a bestseller status. Great for him. And, uh, I told him that I think at the end of the day, if it does anything, it brings a whole nother uh, age demographic and generation into the know. Uh, I showed it to my kids and without even telling them anything, I, I went through about five pages with my son. And by like the fifth page, when he starts seeing like the characters, he knew exactly what it was about. And he thought it was funny. So I, I thought I thought they really hit home with that. But That's we did awesome. touch on some. Yeah, some Durham stuff. And, uh, you know, we talked about what's going on right now. The fact that we might get a verdict by midweek next week. Uh, what he thinks about this case. Uh, well, the investigation in total being over and uh, where he thinks it's going from here. So, you know, it's uh, what does he think? Where does he think it's going? What is it? What is his gut? You, you can't just tell us something cool like that and then just leave it on a cliffhanger. Like, yeah, yeah you, you got just- you- you got to give our viewers and, and, and listenership some fuck. You know, Cash Patel was on your show. You're on our show. It's like a play. You know, we're, we're playing cool here. Cash and slam PRs in fucking Bedminster because we're not big okay. shots like Roan. Open it the fuck up and let's yeah, let's get into oh. some details here. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give you a teaser too. This is how we left our show today. We, we asked him if he'd come back soon. He's like, you know what? I am coming back soon. And I'm also saying on your show today that Devin Nunes will be on your show in the next 30 days, guaranteed. Good. So that, yeah, that's in addition oh, to uh, shit. We'll, we'll have we'll have Big Dick Rick Grinnell on this coming Tuesday as well. So not too bad. But uh, t- talking about the Durham case, you know, he he, he said it's most likely there's going to be a conviction. He said, if there's not a conviction, like let's just say he's acquitted or there's a hung jury, there's already enough documentary evidence out there to prove that. You know, this started uh, organically in the Clinton campaign uh, based off some of the testimony we've seen over the last two weeks. We know that Hillary Clinton not only like sponsored this and promoted it, but they almost needed her approval to be able to push certain narratives out there to uh, not only like the mainstream media and throughout Congress, but uh, to get things approved or not in the FISA court. He feels like going into the summer right now, which which listen, over a year ago, he teased on our show. He said, you're going to see the entire Clinton crime family unpeeled back like an onion. And you're going to see this go all the way to the top. But it's going to take till about the summer of 2022. And here we are about probably uh, a week or so away from getting some of our first convictions. And he still thinks that that Stroke and Page and Christopher Ray are in extreme danger of, uh, of eventually being convicted based off some of the testimony we saw you know, over the last 10 days in court. So, it, so it's, he it's, thinks, so, so I was watching him on another interview and he was saying, right. he was saying that um, even though it's an unfavorable jury and an unfavorable judge, because in an of, unfavorable district, yes, in a very unfavorable district. Hmm. Yes. It's an impossibility to get a favorable jury in that area for, for what we're trying to, to accomplish. And I was saying earlier before you came on how the defense, their, their whole, approach is to say oh we're fighting against orange man like kind of just give us a pass kind of thing um now the do so cash thinks that there's going to be a conviction just because of the evidence 
that was presented, especially mostly detailing the fact that Sussman, his actual interview with Sussman that Durham presented, and also the the flash drives that went he went to Staples to buy, and he was too cheap to pay the twelve dollars himself. After he stated he was literally coming here on his own accord, not not on behalf of a client, then went and billed the Clinton, the Clinton campaign, campaign. Yep. for those said jump drives. Like there's no denying that kind of evidence and there's dates there's timestamps there's everything to prove there, that there's it- geo tracking because yeah. he used a government cell phone to walk from from his offices to the staple store and back and he detailed that in court cash said yeah uh, are they are they, ar- are they arguing that geo tracking is inaccurate like they're doing with 2000 mules <laughs> they, they probably did but they also have the signed receipts yeah they have the signed True. receipts to prove that, and the timestamps of the receipts with the dates on the receipts. Like, there's no, there's no denying this. So, you do you think the same as cash, based on the evidence presented, doesn't matter? He's like, he's like, I've tried tons of federal cases and uh, terrorism cases. He's like, when you present evidence like that, where it's not witness testimony, like he said, she she said evidence, it's actual hard detailed evidence, text messages, geolocations, et cetera, even with an unfavorable jury and judge and and district, we're still going to see a conviction. Listen, for me, when, when I look at the stuff that I've heard Cash say over the last year, when, when I've watched that interview and a couple other more, uh, especially with the fact when you see the mainstream media talk about it. So, so let me just for the people that are listening right now, this is how it's been. And I'm talking across all the legacy media platforms, not just Fox news, but MSNBC and CNN too. So they'll bring in somebody to like, you know, they'll talk 20 seconds about it. Oh, this came out of the Sussman trial today. And, uh, you know, it, it looks like it, there could be some incriminating evidence and they'll show some file footage of like John Durham getting out of his car. And, and then they'll show like a, a composite sketch of Sussman in court. And then they'll be like, all right, let's break off to our panel. And they'll be like, yes, some of these things are damning. There, there are felony level crimes that have happened, but is something really going to happen? And then they'll, they'll go to their expert panel of retired CIA and military intelligence. And they'd be like, Oh, oh this is just a whole bunch of grandeur. I think because they're trying to repress it really hard because we could hear a possible verdict by as early as Tuesday of next week, which Cash said today on our show, mm-hmm. you're going to have to watch the Sunday morning talk shows and see who goes on. And if anybody covers this and tries to like make it a nothing burger, then it's going to all add into, you're probably going to see a conviction in this. Hmm. Because well, it's, it's gonna, really, it I sounds really like to me. That Go ahead. They're tr- they're trying to get ahead of it already. That's just yeah, my yeah, opinion yeah. of of like trying to be. Even if there is a conviction, those same things that I just hypothesized, they'll go out there then and say, okay, well, Sussman was convicted of of doing this, but this. Then here's our expert panel. Let's talk about how normal these things are in Washington D.C. Well, and how often this happens. And they'll try to make it like number one, stay away from Hillary Clinton. And Christopher Ray, and number two, make it seem like it's not as a big deal as it is. Because I asked him today, I said, "Okay, so we're we might have a verdict by sometime next week. Are we done here?" Or he's like, "No, we're by no means done." He still feels very strongly about this going all the way up to the top. That's Christopher Ray, then Hillary Clinton, and uh, whether or not we'll see convictions for either one of them, we've already seen enough evidence that corroborates them throughout the entirety of this whole case. Oh, a thousand percent. There's way more than enough evidence. Uh, and it sounds very similar to how they handled the Hillary Clinton emails. Oh, there's classified yep. 
students, but we're not going to, we're not going to do anything. Like uh, she's okay. Um, now, and I'm sure a lot of these intelligence agencies that are on the panel that are saying it's a big nothing burger, are probably the same intelligence agents and head, former heads of CIA. They it signed off saying that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian inve- it, 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 disinformation. <laughs> it's the same, the same sob story over and over again. Now with the Sussman case, whether we get a conviction or not, which I think I think we're going to, there's so the evidence is overwhelming. I do. I, 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 for a while, I didn't, I didn't think we'd get it. But he, and at the end of the day, I think the court of public opinion is going to be more important than anything because even the, if we the Mookie, the Mookie flip this week was huge. Mm-hmm. The actual mm-hmm. testimony that talked about like, okay, Hillary Clinton was the like start all end all of all of this like that before testimony ridiculous it's so damning he said absolutely like didn't even hesitate so you have the sussman trial and and then in the fall we should have dachenko the p tape guy uh coming up cat does cash said that he thinks that mccabe is like if we got mccabe we we did our job and i don't think Mm -hmm. that's that's the case uh, I think McCabe is definitely uh, somebody that I'd be happy to get, but I don't think uh, McCabe uh, is like the blue chip arrest in this whole entire thing. I think there's, I, because it, in, in my opinion, now we now knowing what we know now about this situation, there's no doubt in my mind that Barry Satoro was involved in this. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Zero. There's zero doubt with his FBI, Andy McCabe. There's no doubt in my mind that he had full knowledge and was fully aware of the the things that are going on in this case. No, I, I agree with you, and I I think because of where they're at now, where the convictions might go, and for the fact that you know Cash really doesn't think that Durham is done. As you get into that whole Strzok and Page and uh, Ray narrative, that's when you could start branching out into James Comey and maybe get it all the way up to Barack Obama. I mean, we all know there was coordination at the highest levels. They just have to continue to paint that picture. And I think if they do it by the lowest level convictions as possible, the Dechenkos and the Sussmans, that's where you start. Yes. Once you've already got these guys nailed to rights with like a federal uh, – uh, where, where they're they're they've been convicted, then you can go on to be like, okay, so these are the ground troops. Who are the generals? Who's above the generals? Right. Who's above right. those people? And that's when you start. Real, he said it. Like I said, we're, we're going to go deep into the summer, but this is a a story that I think is very far from over. Oh, I th- I agree. I think that the, the P tape guy, he was Christopher Steele's source who created the yep. Steele dossier and created the P tape narrative, which is completely fabricated and bullshit. I think that's going to also dr- drop a, a bunch of bombs in this story that haven't been uh, released to the public. Like these are all things that we all knew. Like we all right. knew these things. We, we've been literally talking about this for four fucking years. But for yeah, the, American- since the plot against the president movie came yeah, out. Exactly. Right? It's even before that, dude. Like we've been detailing yeah. this since they've been screaming Russia, Russia, Russia. Since the Robert Mueller investigation, we've been screaming this for years. We knew it from the beginning, and we're just a couple of guys. We're nothing special. We were able to figure this shit the fuck out. And now, four or five years later, it's coming out that we're a hundred percent, in fact, true. Do you think Sussman? is going to start chirping and singing after a conviction because cash cash was asked that and he's like i don't know if he will because it's stupid unless he's going to give up somebody like comey or hillary and throw them completely under the bus it's kind of pointless and if i were durham i wouldn't accept any plea or any any anything but someone like 
Hillary or Comey? Do you think he's gonna he's gonna start rolling on people if he does get convicted? I'm in that narrative. I mean, I we we all know because of what's been proposed due to the level of severity of the crime that he could face up to 30 years in federal prison. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that once that conviction is made, there's that time period between there and sentencing. And uh, depending on what the proposed severity of the crime was, what the actual remember, there's different things that he's charged with. So it's going to be how big of a conviction it is. If he's looking at 15 to 20 plus years in jail, I, I think we might see some, uh, so, you know, it's, it's not worth it for him at his age. He'd come out an old guy and and he'd be broke and and you know maybe his family gets taken care of by the clinton foundation but at the end of the day to him is that really worth it is it really worth it i don't think so no i doubt it i i I agree but 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 at the same time what you know he could still like what if he what if he doesn't sing and he goes in and he gets a big he gets a 15 20 year sentence and he goes in a guy like that may start singing a year in like he might like because these things are going to take a while like this is not something that's going to happen overnight like cash says it all the time how he's he's worked on so many cases and they take mm-hmm. four or five years till we hit the target and he's like durham's only been going for two two plus years which i think it's mm-hmm. more than two plus years but um it, it's it's still only a couple years into the investigation in an investigation that we know entails some of the highest level people inside of our government it's not something that's going to just happen overnight and people are so impatient and want it to happen now so badly that they they're willing to forego setting the stage and literally getting the entire swamp that's what he what i think durham is is setting the stage for what do you think i agree and and here's the thing you remember how overtly everyone fought donald trump on accusations and, and and things of that nature to this narrative just imagine the person who's really working behind the scenes with those people that Donald Trump used to accuse publicly and going to get to the bottom of all the corruption and bad stuff that they did over the years and the levels of walls and red tape that he would have to go to, to up to this point, in my opinion, he's done right, the right way, slow and steady, unpeel it. Okay, we got a guy. We don't need to branch off into 10 people in this moment. We need to completely strip this down to its bare bones. Once we get what we want, we're moving on to the next one. And I think that's where John Durham's at. I also agree with you, James, that he's probably been working on this a year, year and a half more than before he was officially appointed. But I think right now it's like, listen, wasn't it how surreal was it to see him get out of that SUV the other day and it actually be him? That was great. We've gone years of just. Dude, we've seen the the deepfake videos. Yeah, the one photo from his government friggin' ID and then the deepfake videos and memes of John Durham Punisher and all this crap. To me, it was like when I saw it on the television, I literally let out like this sigh that came all the way from the bottom of my stomach. I was like, holy shit, he is real. Yeah, and it's, it's just like one of those things right now where. I, it's very cliche to say and really annoying because of how much shit we've had to go through. We have to let the legal process pan out and we have to see what kind of a conviction he gets and then hope that that's enough to listen. This guy can get a conviction and it could be legit and it could be for several federal crimes. And what do you think Dejanko's going to do before his sentencing right now, before he's up on the stand and has to chirp in front of everybody? Or 
because they know that like the jig is up and that they're going to be going after these guys and they're going to be serving hard jail time. You might see people who aren't even in the mix right now in the public eye approaching John Durham and being like, listen, I feel like I'm going to eventually get rolled up into this. Let me not waste your time and tell you what I know. So there's, there's so much stuff that we could hypothesize about and talk about, but there's probably even more going on behind the scenes that we have no idea. That's something that I want to ask about. And I was wondering, I don't know if you talked about it on your show ever with Cash, because I've listened to a, a, a good portion of the episodes that you've done with Cash. You've done so many. I don't know if I caught mm -hmm. them all. Um, but have you ever talked to Cash about John Durham and his absorption of the Huber report and Huber, John Huber's investigation into the Clinton Foundation and the DOJ plane that was sent down to Little Rock, Arkansas, collecting all those documents that has now been absorbed by the Durham investigation? Now, I find that very interesting because I don't think he did that for no freaking reason. Like I have a hard no. time believing that that he was just like, yeah, you know, John Huber, you've been doing great work. Let me take this off your hands. I'm investigating all of this anyway and do nothing with it. And uh, and this is one of the main reasons why I think we're far from done. I truly believe that that was absorbed. But have you talked to Cash or any of your fucking cool contacts that might be in the know about something like this? You know, he did bring it up. The the kind of like. Uh professional handshake between John Durham and Huber, but he, he kind of left it where you were at. What, what did he get to the bottom of? Uh, how much of it is going to be relevant to this investigation? And, and what he just kind of proposed what John Durham might be doing with it. But from what he teased on on the show, and I've also seen him go on his podcast on, on Epoch Times and talk about it as well, it's just all speculation. It could be fuel to the fire. It could be a bunch of misdirection, and you realize that, okay, this guy was doing an investigation. Maybe he was manipulated by the administrative state and was being led off the path. So at least we know that's where some dead-end roads uh, are, are pretty much over but in regards to any actual substance of what was in those reports or anything he did not elaborate on that i'd, I'd be interested i'd be interested to hear a little bit more about that if if possible um you know, I'll bring it up again, but but you got to remember when this is all said and done, we're all going to be probably asking for signed copies of the Durham report from Cash Patel. So, you know, I, I'd be first in line for that one because oh, it's just, he's been right since day one. It won. No, this is why I asked because you you you. It's not often that you get to uh, talk to these people that have so much knowledge of what's going on and uh, are so well informed of the situation. Was the head, the lead investigator of the whole Russiagate scandal. So he literally knows the ins and outs of everything. Um, and I, I, I talked to you last week, or maybe even a couple of days ago. Everything's blending together. I know it. <laughs> it literally, know. I've been going for I've been going for eight days straight right now. It, like the time is flying so fast, faster. Yeah. Than by that. the way, I'm just going to interrupt. I, I I miss our uh, I miss our early morning phone calls, Ron. So you do know, I. You know, listen. Hey, listen. <laughs> I've been on the road for the last week and a half. I haven't had one cup of coffee in the morning, and I haven't had time ah. to bullshit with either one of you guys. No, it's it's, right. it's, yeah, and the three of us always call at each other. It, it's like clockwork, like 9 o'clock, yeah. 9 a.m. my time. I wait for it now. Like my, I, 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 almost, I get disappointed when it's 9, 10, and my phone doesn't ring and say, Roan, steak for breakfast on my caller ID. Like, oh, I have, why is it calling me again? I have like that in my <laughs> caller ID. Do Rome steak for breakfast. Rome steak for breakfast at 9 a.m. We'll get the call. Hey, what's going on? Or he's in transit somewhere, taking his hundred kids to 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 practice and everything else. I wanted to ask you actually about Cash Cash Patel's book. Uh, your your son read it and liked it. How old is your son, Rome? Eight. Oh, okay. So it's I'm gonna order it. Baseball diamond. 
Savage. My, da- my daughter's nine. I'm actually going to order the book tonight, and, and she likes to read it and, and get her to read it. Shit, I want to read it. I want to I want to read his kid's book. Um, so uh, really quick, so uh, th- this whole Sussman thing. All right, so we're confident we get it. We get a conviction of this guy and whatever the sentencing is. So, so let's just for a minute uh, speculate post-conviction as some scenarios. He gets convicted. Maybe he'll chirp. Maybe he won't. I have no confidence that it's going to get any further than lower level, no matter how many years go by. I just, because of what's going on and what's what has happened and what the Clintons have gotten away with and what the Obamas have gotten away with, I have no no confidence that Hillary is going to be directly implicated and anything's going to happen. I don't see an indictment. I'd love to see it. I want to see it. But now. First, that question: Do you have do you have any predictions, Rona, or or, or what you've been following? Do, do you think it's going to reach that high level? You know, I think for the money, for the I'm going to use that word apparatus and all these other things. Even if this, even if every single, let's just say they keep going, mm-hmm. Dejanko, it was all Hillary Sussman. It was all Hillary. You keep going up, it gets to to Strzok and Page. And, and McCabe and Ray. So at the end of the day, you have to remember, it's the people that did it, not the people that told them to do it, who are going to be the ones that are convicted. It's yeah, like right. when you're talking about federal court, you're talking about convictions for federal crimes. So even if Hillary Clinton had this huge dry erase board that took up an entire wall of her house and she said, this is how we're going to do the entire Russiagate scandal. These are all the people who are going to do whatever they do. It's the people who committed the crimes are the ones that are eventually going to get convicted. So I would like to see, I would like, listen, if it was James, as long as we get some, some mid to high level convictions and I'm talking like Ray, Strzok, Page, maybe even Comey. uh, And then we know that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were the ringleaders of this bullshit. It ends basically their political careers so i i think to me that would be good enough but but the term uh, lock her up I, yeah that, it, listen would, we, we all know what we, but get, so, proceed yes no uh, we, listen we all know how we'd like to see the end of hillary clinton if, if you don't understand what i'm trying to say there was a rumor going around this week from the from the January 6th on committee that uh, people have testified that Donald Trump had found it funny that people were outside with the uh, noose asking for Mike Pence to get hung. I, I would I, I wouldn't mind seeing her, you know, suffer a similar fate. But the fact of the matter is, if, if we know it was them and and every and every one of those other people are getting convicted and going to jail, listen, it'll set a whole new precedent in Washington, D.C. that we haven't seen since before Watergate. True. It'll be the most amazing so, thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, and besides the dick pics I send you, mm. listen. I have to. I have to really zoom in to see those. So it's strange. That's the private eye. stock. The private stock. The, the private stock. The private eye. cock. So all right. Here's another scenario because we're in this shitty administration for what another two years, give or take. And uh, yeah. if we if we see any convictions, any. Any thoughts on uh, on on pardons be, been uh, be given out by the uh, the the deep state sickos? You never can tell because it, it's weird. <laughs> Joe Biden and Barack Obama were, you know, a, a ticket tandem, but you, there's between the Clintons and the Obamas, there's a kind of a disconnect. And yeah. I think even with Joe Biden, it's even more. Even though there are so many former Obama administration officials who are currently serving in the Biden administration. Uh, you really can't, you know, speculate that uh, 
you know, we're, we're going to see Joe Biden go out and just start pardoning people because they're Democrats. I, I, I don't know how that relationship is now. Um, I haven't really seen any kind of connectivity between the Clinton camp and, and the Biden administration since Joe Biden got inaugurated two years ago. So it's one of those things where maybe just to like hold the line, I guess it would be like, you know, pressure from the inside. But by the time some of these convictions could come down, you're looking at Nancy Pelosi, no longer being speaker of the house. You're looking at Chuck Schumer, maybe in two years getting primaried by AOC. So you might see a real changing of the guard. Listen, these people are all old and, you know, Hillary Clinton's close to 70. You know, Chuck Schumer's close to 70. Nancy Pelosi's in her early eighties. Like, we're at a time right now where we might be seeing a legitimate send off of a big part of what was the swamp for the last several decades in Washington, D.C. That's well, a minus. Get Oof. rid of Mitch. 82 years young, walking through the, walking through the streets of Kiev with no body armor on. And he's talking about agreeing about gun control now. Now he's talking yeah. about that. Got to love that. Can all get, they can all get fucked, that, that turtle, turtle looking motherfucker. Actually, I wanted to get you a person. Were there's original eaten motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that's hilarious. Um, Uh, Go ahead, Alan. No, I wanted to get. What what, did you have something else on Durham, James? I wanted to segue away for a minute. It was. It it was kind of pertaining to Durham. Go ahead. Go. Go. Uh, Take it. A hundred percent. And I'm. It's a follow-up question that I asked Ron on the phone the other day. This is what I was getting at before, and I was curious if. You had remembered to ask Cash when you had him on the show, because um, we 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 when Cash came into the DoD um, under Chris Miller, it was towards the tail end of Trump's administration, um, and I remember when he came in, him, Chris Miller, and another person spoke that day, and you used to hear his name get thrown around a lot, and I find it very interesting that. Uh, Cash is now in the forefront, and we don't really hear this guy's name anymore. And I'm curious to see if there's any 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 involvement in the Trump team with this this young gentleman. Did you happen to ask Cash about Ezra Cohen Watnick? You know, I have it written down right here on my steak for breakfast agenda for today, and I just I it never got there for some reason. They kept. So I, I the flow of the show. I get it, but I was wondering maybe if you talked to him privately. Uh, about it uh and well this was, this was kind of an impromptu so so long story short cash patel big dick rick grinnell and erica knight who if you guys don't know you guys got to follow her on social media she works she's in everything that's america first she was cash's book she's on adam lexalt's campaign she's working with carrie lake blake masters uh she runs an agency that promotes conservatism uh anywhere from political campaigns to in school she ran behind the scenes for Donald Trump for like the last two and a half years of his administration. And she jumped on with him today. And, and you know, we, we just kind of had fun. Every time we started talking about something serious, they would like circle back and kind of joke and make up, you know, stuff about the book and things like that. It's a really good segment. You know, want to know what I did do. I kind of teased it. Uh, I, I wanted to force him into it. We all know that Cash Patel, even though he's fighting uh, one of the biggest, most corrupt agencies in our entire country, the FBI, uh, I'm not going to get too far into it, but he wants to fix it, and I'm going to leave it at that. But I asked him, and I told him, listen, regarding so much stuff, and not just like the recent stuff, like the Fed napping in January 6th and, and the fake terrorism convictions and stuff I like that, you. just uh, in general, I said the, the way the American people looks at federal law enforcement, especially the FBI, is embarrassing. And 
he I listen, he gave such a good take on people he worked with that are out doing counterterrorism measures and, and trying to get convictions all over the world and some of the absolute scumbags uh, that are working there now. And he gave a really good contrast to it. And, and you'll have to listen to our show to hear it, but it, it gave me a lot of hope. And then I kind of just was like floating on cloud nine because he gave some good content. And we were like, all right, let's get back to the book and we'll talk about it next time you come on. And it, it was one of those I, things, but I want, I want in a perfect world. I want to be able to uh, to, to to trust our intelligence committee uh, community. Awesome. I want I want dismantle it all, tear it all. Right. I, I I almost feel like that is what needs those to are, happen. Those are those are the only two views. You know, yeah. I, I have people on the show all the time, and I talk about fixing it. And sometimes I'll have guests that are just like, nope. Like we had Christina Bob on, and uh, I've talked to Christina about some things behind the scenes that are going on in Trump world, especially regarding like federal law enforcement. She's like, nope, I don't like it. But they, they, they've had their fun. Look at what they did. She's just one of those people that's going to be like MAGA forever. She's like completely dismantle federal law enforcement, period. Let the states take care of it. We shouldn't have – uh, a police organization like that, you know, there should be no, ATF, there should be no DEA, there should be no uh, FBI. It, it needs, it needs to go. There should be no CIA. ATF, ATF, get rid of them. I said the ATF was the first thing I said. You dumb fucking yeah. bastard. Really? I didn't hear yeah. you. You must, must have been yeah. the, the, through your fucking beard or something. The old man, no, your old man. You're losing your hearing. Oh, um, no. But <laughs> that, re that report, that report that came out this week that showed. In fiscal year 2021, 3.3 million people were illegally spied on by the FBI. Uh, we're all three of us are definitely on that list. Um, 100%. 100%. Hello, federal federalities. We're nice to see you. I hope you enjoy yeah. the, the Every show. time I'm on the phone with one of you guys, my cuts off. I, 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 not cuts off. Like this it, afternoon, it, we got it, cut it, off. It shut off. I, Roan, how many times am I on the phone with you and I go, are you still there? Yeah, why? Because my phone clicked. And then we make the running yep. joke. Oh, was there a van outside? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's Edith's florist down the block making a delivery for the past three hours. Now, you know. <laughs> eight, 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 eight at night, yeah. Uh, just, go, just go watch some Sopranos reruns. I know, dude. Favorite show of all time. <laughs> it's my, it's my favorite show. That is my favorite show. I'm actually trying to get him on. I talk to him once in a while, and he's 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 a he's a big Trump guy, but he's yeah he's he's one of these guys who's afraid because he he's an entrepreneur and he does other stuff besides acting. But uh, Joe Ganiscoli, who played Vito in The Sopranos, you know Johnny Cakes. Oh, yep. Yep. So he he lives near me. James's he, favorite character. We, yeah, Johnny Cakes. We've we've traded we've traded cigars with each other. We talk every once in a while. He lives right near me. And, Did he uh, wear the ass cheap ass cheapless chaps? He got caught yeah. by Phineas. He got caught by yeah. poor Phineas. My man poor Finn <laughs> walked in on him, giving some guy a hummer in the car. Like, oh shit. Uh, I want to get. I'm, I'm I'm trying to work on him to come on and just and, and just talk about like what he's got going on and what's going on. Yeah, right. He's still he's on TV. Still. He's doing shit. He is. He, he he's hesitant. And you know what he does now? You can hire him. He, he's he, so by trade he's a chef. He started out in Boston. He's an unbelievable chef by trade. And what he's he's got a business now is you can hire him to come to your house if you're having a dinner party. He does the shopping. He just needs your kitchen, and he puts on this unbelievable huge Italian spread and and basically parties with you and your family and your guests in your house. And like it could be a Sopranos theme for everything. And and I I'm I'm looking for an excuse to have him do that and just have a bunch of people well, over and have him cook. That. Fly, I'm flying home if you do that. So, yeah, you know, I'd like to partake in that as well. I'm, I'm Absolutely. Home. I will fly home if you do that. I'm not even fucking joking. 
Dude, like, you I, should, bro, you should just that. You should do that for your wedding. Fuck it, full send. I I thought about that. Oh, you talk about that. So it's funny. So like me, I call her my wife. But we're not officially married. We've been together well, I think like seven years now. And and we were, we would talk. You know, we're in our forties. She's done it once. I could care less. And you know, we have our families. And we were talking about. Uh, you know, we're officially engaged, but. Where we were talking about doing a, a wedding and she's like, eh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So I think I had told you guys in, in text messages and by chance I was texting with Roger Stone and this was so funny. Literally, I'm like, hey, are you by any chance an ordained minister? Because I, I went online a, a few years back and for $40, I became an ordained minister. It, it's that easy to do. So he's like, no, but Reverend Roger Stone sounds good. So I go. <laughs> So I tell him, I says, listen, we're not officially married, but you know, we're, we're thinking about doing it maybe next year, and we're looking for somebody great to uh, to officiate. I said, how about you get ordained online, and you come to New York, and you you marry me and my wife? And immediately, usually when you text him, it takes him a while to respond, but he, he'll, he texts me right back, and he goes, send me the link. I'll do it. I might even get a collar. So I send him the <laughs> link, and he goes, all right, I'm doing it. I feel, and he goes, LOL. I, I first of all, I've never, I, I text with him constantly, and he's never ever text LOL. And in capital letters, he texts LOL. I feel the calling of the Lord. So if the wedding does happen, Roger Stone is going to officiate and marry me and my wife. You and you and Roan, James and Roan will, will, you guys will fly into the wedding, and maybe I'll even have Joe Ganascoli cater it. That would be, that Oof. would be the ultimate fucking party, I think. That'd be my fun. own that would be great <laughs> oh dude what what so that'd be unbelievable and 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 and, and patriot patriot cigars the patriot cigar yeah. company that that's 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 uh that's got some traction that's moving actually i was on on the phone with them and and we got the 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 box prototypes are, were approved and they're being built. The cigars are being rolled and stay tuned out there. You're going to see the Patriot Cigar Company everywhere. When I was at the this is great. When I was at the cigar event for Mike Crispy on Monday night, um, I've only met Rudy Giuliani once years ago, right after 9/11. When I was working down there, I met him by the pile when he was mayor, and uh, Roger introduced me to him and said, you know. This is Alan Jacoby, blah, 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 podcast. You know, he jerked me off a little bit. And uh, and then he, he, we mentioned the cigars. And uh, I, I I told him about it, and I had some samples with me of, of the blends. And I gave him one, and he all lit up. And I was telling him what my plan was about getting, you know, big influencers and promo codes. I told him I want to be the Mike Lindell of cigars and give promo codes to everybody and, and do that type of marketing. And he was like – Give me a card. Give me your number. I'm going to talk to Roger, and, and I'm in. So I'm hoping when the Patriot Cigar Company comes to fruition at the end of the summer, my first two cigar ambassadors are going to be Roger Stone and Rudy Giuliani promoting them on their shows. I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. That's the uh, that's the plan. We have to get steak. We have to get the promo code steak. We have to get the promo code we the people, and we got to yeah. get everybody promoting the Patriot Cigar Company. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to great. smoke them. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm actually smoking one go. of the samples now, and I'm I'm really I'm really picky with cigars. I'm I'm extreme. Some people they they throw cigar lines out there and they just do these generic rolls and blends. Like I literally had to smoke about thirty different cigars 
in the past week and a half to figure out what blend and mixed blend I wanted so they can, in Nicaragua, they can roll them. And uh, if I don't die of some type of lung or esophageal cancer before the, the line launches, it's going to be great, uh, you know, hopefully. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts and pr- Oh, God, thoughts and prayers. Oh, really quick, really quick. Two things, two, two things. Um, Roan, what do you what do you take? What do you uh, what's your take on the Liz Cheney polling where she's thirty points down of her primary challenger? I think if they're reporting thirty percent or thirty points in the legacy media, it's probably closer to fifty. And uh, even though I'm not the biggest endorser of Harriet Hagman at this point, if all she's going to do is go to D.C. and vote with the Trump agenda, go do your thing, girl. So, uh, you know, it's the same thing with like Katie Arrington in, in, in South Carolina one for replacing Nancy Mace. Nancy Mace, top five set of tits in Washington, D.C. hands down. <laughs> but anything who the other, else? Who were the other four? Who were the other four? Who were the other four? <laughs> now that you brought that up, you said Nancy Mace has the top five set of tits in Congress. Yeah, who's, who's do, do, you have, do you have four more that you can throw in there? <sighs> Well, Kristen Cinema's in there. Listen, we're not talking about political affiliations. We're talking no. about tits and tits only. That's it. Uh, you've got obviously that, Lauren. That, Bo- that, Listen, that. this is a no, no generic order either. Lauren Bobert, obviously. Okay. Um, unfortunately, AOC's in there. AOC is such a waste of, of tits. She's a waste of tits. That dance Listen, and, and if you're only talking about bra size and bra size alone, we all know who Alan's favorite is. I'm going back to it, Nancy Pelosi. So, she's got huge hands. He up on my show once, and he said he wanted to see them, and I'm never going to let him live that down. So. Right, come on, we stop. So hold on, you're I telling me. Wallow, do this wallow to the floor. Can you time in and out? Can you time in Like that's what I think about when I think about Nancy Pelosi. Like just fucking okay, like. I, if you had Drag. the opp- if you had the opportunity just to stare at them, you wouldn't want to see Nancy no, Pelosi's tits. Absolutely not. Absolutely. No, absolutely not. No Nancy shot. Pelosi looks like my grandma. I would no, never want to see her tits, dude. Absolutely. Would you want to see them twenty years ago? No. No, no. she'd be sixty-two. No. Come on, man. No, dude. Fifty no. years ago, maybe. Bro, I'm just saying out of the curiosity on how on how big and disgusting they are. I mean, just no curiosity at all. I think of Miss Chokes on Dick on South Park. Like, think <laughs> yes, of yes. That's what I think I think Miss Chokes on Dick, where she's like, oh, and just the fucking titties are hanging out on the bottom. Like that's what I think when I think seeing Nancy Pelosi's is disgusting. Alan, what is wrong with you? you sick I don't know. I, I'm one of these people, not for any type of sexual gratification. I'm one of the. Me and my wife talk about this because she's the same way. I just. Random people, you just don't say, I wonder what that, even if they're the, the most disgusting, fattest person you've ever met, you say, I, I just want to see what I, they look like with no clothes on. You don't do that at all. Am I the only oh, sick God. fuck that does that? We talked uh, about no. how fat people gross me out. Whole Freedom Friday about <sighs> how fat people gross me out. I got destroyed. I got destroyed on uh, on Twitter. On Twitter for that, I think it was a Twitter on the on on, on the fat phobia. Yeah. Oh, they would they were going out. Fat, fat shaming again. Oh, dude, I, it's not that I hate fat people. Gross me out. We were talking about the how they how they're promoting how it's healthy to be fat. How they they're trying like the, to be the role yoga poses to and young stuff. Kids. Yes, like Lizzo yeah, and all not. of our fat fucking friends. Like you know, yes. you're not a role Calvin, model. You're you're fat Calvin's animals, like, and you're not healthy. Calvin, Cal, Calvin Klein puts a fucking woolly mammoth on the billboard now. Like it's crazy. I'm not a bad. I'm I'm not. 
I'm not shallow. I'm not. I don't care if you're if you're obese. Okay, that that I, I care for your health, but I care. <laughs> I care when when fucking society is trying to sell the narrative that fat, that disgusting, normal obese and healthy. people is normal and healthy. Yeah, that's that's no. the problem I have. I have the utmost respect for people that are that are obese and fat that are trying to change. I I I, I respect that. I'll cheer you on a hundred percent. But if you're just sitting there being a fat slob and you're like, yeah, I'm okay with being a fat slob and it's okay, and you better just not say anything about me being a fat slob and say and just accept it. That's a problem. I'm sorry. Like the, like the like the gamer guy from South Park. The kids are all trying their hardest to play Warcraft. And he's just like playing, putting the buttons on his belly. That's <laughs> one of my that's one of my favorite episodes. And Cartman's mom comes down and has to hold yep. the bedpan for bathroom, bathroom. I, I hate to I burst can't. your bubble. I, I just internet searched young Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Same lady, less wrinkles. Not really, good. really. Yeah. Yes. No, she, yes. she literally looks like she looks like my grandma. I'll, I'll show if when we link up, I'll show you a picture of my grandma. They look like twins. Oh, I feel yeah. Like... <laughs> yep. Sorry, Roan's grandma. <laughs> so, all right. God, God wait, rest wait. her soul. Oh, it's, it's so depressing now. Now I want to. I, so I want. <laughs> I wanted to break. I want to bring something up again. Just something else that's depressing. Now we're talking about. Come on, man! It was going good. We were talking about Nancy Pelosi's tits. Now, ah, God, Jesus Christ! All right, all right, Roan. I want to know what your thoughts so far on. We were talking before you got on. Just, do you have any preliminary thoughts on the situation in Texas with what went on with the shooting? Yeah, I think it's a complete uh, collaborative failure by law enforcement. I think it goes directly in the opposite direction of probably what their training would be in regards to active shooter situation. Um, you know, it's, it's it's one of the things you run into when you start to see uh, agencies blaming each other for dropping the ball. Obviously, there was state, there was local, there was, you know, DPS, there was Texas Rangers, there was an, a component of Department of Homeland Security there, and, and a civilian wound up going in on his own accord and, uh, you know, kind of doing what he needed to do to, to neutralize the threat. But I think the fact of the matter was is that uh, uh, there's probably – it's probably going to come out that that some of those kids were killed long after they could have been saved uh you, oh, yeah. you've already seen some some horrible stories come out of there i saw on the news i think yesterday the one girl when she saw what was going on she took some of her classmates blood and rubbed it on herself and just laid there to pretend that she was dead these were fourth uh, the graders these, these were fourth my daughter's in fourth grade these were all fourth yes. graders seven eight nine year old kids it's just it's horrible but listen you know, I, I've already seen the way this has been spun. It has nothing to do with guns or guns control. There's a whole bunch of this story that doesn't make sense. The, the kinds of guns he had, the how much money those guns cost to, like, have them at the level he did with, like, scopes and, and add-ons and we'll all this other stuff at, at his age. <laughs> Plus, there, there, there seems to be some level of, like, advanced marksmanship here because of the fact that he did barricade himself in. He... he exchanged and returned fire with law enforcement which was another reason that that made them to be scared like and this kid was supposedly just getting his his feet wet into the world of guns so you know the <laughs> we're, we're gonna saying. see that's exactly yeah it, the same. It, it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy the whole story that they tried to paint and now you've already see starting it 
parts of it starting to fall apart. So I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of it. Probably like we didn't with Sandy Hook either. I don't know how some autistic kid went in there with that gun. Yeah, just people people hitting moving people that have no history. uh, Like this guy was. You don't have range owners coming out and be like, oh, yeah, he brought his guns to the range and seemed normal and happy. You don't see any of that stuff. Well, well, another uh, another, it, another point I brought up. What's that, James? Who's his therapist? Well, that mm-hmm. and, and the other point earlier is when the Buffalo shooting happened, they right. <clears throat> identified and talked to the gun store owner the ffl it was like in his 70s who sold him the gun still is nothing what are we on day three nothing has come out of the gun store where were these guns purchased all it says is they were bought legally that he passed a background check at a at a at a federal at an ffl but they did not identify where the guns were purchased but in buffalo they identified it like they identified him i think the day of or the night of or the day right after they immediately were talking to him, and the guy regretted selling him the gun. He felt so bad, but he passed a legal background check. Why don't we know where he bought the gun yet? I, I, I don't think it's come out yet. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, they're still trying to put that Buffalo one together. I saw today that like some retired FBI agent, no surprise there, uh, may have been that. told of his plans and didn't do anything about it. That was in regular contact with the shooter before yep. weeks before this happened and possibly knew his intentions that's quite so, interesting I, I shake my head. A, go ahead ron yeah he was supposedly a mentor to him but who knows a Listen, mentor I, I, it's so fucking tiresome it's yeah. so fucking tiresome because it, it, it's sad don't get me wrong it's sad that these people lose their lives but it's like clockwork every single time election season comes up these shootings come around Every oh, they couldn't even they couldn't even let Georgia have their primary. They had to have it on that day. It's it's like clockwork though, dude. Like I literally said it on our show, like I told it told everybody at the beginning of the show. When Roe v. Wade got leaked, I was like, oh, the shootings are right around the corner. Here they come. I think you I did even say said that. Pretty- you said the shootings and the riots, here they come. You did say it. And 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 two two in a row that are headline media. Meanwhile, we had like four or five. These are just, these are just the ones they want to focus on. I know why these are the ones that they want to focus on. Uh, hint, hint, they're, 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 uh, they go with the narrative, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be scary as we get closer to midterms because you got to look at what's, what's next. Are we going to, are we going to unfortunately experience another shooting? Are we going to experience riots after they come up with a decision of Roe v. Wade if they knock it down? Are, <clears throat> excuse me, they're supposed to be uh, starting to televise uh, the January 6th uh, uh, hearings, I believe, what, June 9th, if that's still uh, an actual thing, that now they want to televise it on prime time to use it you, as you a- want to know. You want to know what's funny about that? Yeah. The Supreme the Supreme Court uh, ends their year on June 10th. So how how funny is it to slam you with that January 6th narrative the day before we're going to get the decision on Roe v. Wade? Mm. They 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 probably will wait till the last day and and issue the the, mm-hmm. the overturning of it in their end of the year notes. I don't I don't see them like putting it out there and then having to go to work for like an additional two weeks coming up. So they have people like rioting outside of the Supreme court. I think that's just going to come out of the dissemination is going to come out on the last day. Uh, it's going to be, I, yeah, uh, it's, it's the timing isn't, isn't coincidental. They're, they're, they're trying to rile people up. It's not a coincidence. You have all of this stuff with Durham coming out 
and like Cash said, like we all believe, or well, at least me and Roan do, uh, Alan's still on the fence. Things are going to start going up the ladder a little bit, and they're going to need to ch to change the narrative. They're not going to be able to continue covering what's going on because there's nothing else going on. So they need shootings. They need to shift the narrative. And I think uh, we're going to hear more about this Hunter Biden laptop yep. as the year goes on. Have you talked to Cash or anybody about the Hunter Biden laptop? You know, we touched on it, I think, the last time he was on, but didn't really get into it too much because I, I always want to get the best Durham receipts. Like, he writes his newsletter and he does his show, but I feel like because I read it and listen to it, I always try to ask him, like, maybe the one question or re-ask it in a way that he didn't necessarily frame in what he's putting out there. And, mm -hmm. you know, you saw the last time it was like, I think, We the Media and X-22 within, like, an hour of my show getting uploaded was like cutting audio of it and putting it all off all over social media, which never happens. You know, I'm sure people listen to his content when he's on the show, but I guess some of that stuff that he said last time was just so juicy for him. They couldn't, you know, not listen to it, which I, which I think is great. The more of that narrative that gets out there and the people continue to get, it's not about my show. It's about people really getting educated about this, uh, this topic, because listen, those law enforcement agencies and the department of justice and all these people that are, that are running around doing all this bad shit behind the scenes, just for political capital, just for career appointments after certain people get elected, it's never going to get fixed unless we blow this up. And this is the closest opportunity, you know, since Watergate that we've had to really blow up the department of justice and the FBI. So figuratively, of course, I don't want to go on the record as saying we're going to blow them up figuratively, of course, but you know, <laughs> just, just a complete philosophical teardown of the agencies and then rebuilding it, hopefully in something that more represents what they need to be doing for the American people. I agree. Corruption and evil. They've all been in, like, really think about the things that the FBI in recent history. Oh, let's go invest. Oh, God. The, the Bubba Wallace, the Bubba Wallace uh, news yep. in, the, in the, no, you fucking idiots. It was a garage pulley that had a, a handle at the end that was shaped like a circle. It was just tied or not. Oh, it's a new, you guys like really think about it. Like yeah. think, think about what we're dealing with right now. There's no explaining this to a, a rational, logical thinking human being and be like, yeah, it's totally fucking normal guys. Like that's just, you know, our FBI federal investigators just, you know, this is what they're doing. The, the FBI has interviewed and released more literal terrorists in this country than People who they set up as terrorists and were convicted, people have had those convictions overturned and those people have been free because they came to found out that the FBI basically framed them or pushed them into doing this stuff. Yeah. Like so the, just think of it that way. Those, those are literal factual numbers that you could like look up. You know, you, you, yeah. The Fed oh, napping. The Fed napping, the Fed surrection. The Fed surrection. I love that. I love that. It's, it's I mean, I, I, I posted the meme today when it comes out like, retired federal agent had close relationship with Buffalo shooter. And then it's like the Simpsons meme where it's like, say it, say it. It's like the FBI had prior knowledge. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's like one of those things where you just can't. And it's the same thing with the Ovalde shooter. Like apparently there were some real red flags. Like, you know, he was like uh, cutting on himself and hitting himself in like public places. And he had threatened his, his school uh, in years prior. And yep. it was just, Every single thing in that house, the grandpa and, and grandma who were supposedly were taking care of him, they're like split up. Grandpa's got a new life. Grandma's kind of down and out. Mom's a meth head. Dad's never been in his life. It's like every red flag under the sun. Dude, let's go. Let's just go and sell this kid two of the exact same 
god tier rifles that we have at the store no training no nothing apparently he never went to the range and then he goes out there and he's gonna he's gonna battle down with with border patrol uh you know in their highest level of tactical teams and have a shootout in a classroom with them like i don't think so and he's got a high high, like people don't understand i I don't think people understand how how high adrenaline situations how your body handles those situations like if you've never been in a very high adrenaline situation you, a lot of people can't think. They freeze. Yeah. Like they literally, no. they literally cannot process information. They don't know what to do because their adrenaline is pumping so high because it's fight or flight, and they've never been there before. So, for I, someone I, like that, talk- go ahead. No, it's like an 18-year-old kid that supposedly had just murdered and was standing on top of 22 dead bodies, 19 yeah. of which were children, and you're telling me he's going to have like a video game-esque shootout with a Border Patrol tactical officer who goes and gets – he works down on the southern border every day. He's airlifting bodies. He's pulling bodies out of the Rio Grande. He's, he's getting shot at from Mexico, getting rocks thrown at them. This is on a daily basis, and all they do is tack train. And some 18-year-old kid with like emotional problems that, that – that you know wears skirts at home and puts them on Facebook is going to have like the shootout of his life, like the the end scene of an action movie, and like hit this agent two times before he gets killed. I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I, I find it very yeah. interesting also that all of the kids were apparently in the same classroom because you don't see that a lot with these shootings where they're walking around the school picking people off. They were all in the same classroom, and I also. Uh, it makes you think the Buffalo shooter. Yeah, there was a retired FBI agent that had knowledge, possible knowledge of what was going on and maybe acted like a mentor. I'm wondering if this uh, Texas shooter had a retired federal agent that uh, maybe Imagine knew something that. too. It, it mm. almost makes me think if there are retired federal agents out there that are in somewhat still operatives or paid consultants. And uh, they're out there. Uh, I don't know. Just... Wait, w- w- would they be telling people that they have to go into the Capitol also? Oh, oh maybe. maybe, maybe like 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 I don't I, know, Ray Epps. I, I don't know. Yeah, we have we have, have we got wow. any word on any drugs that this kid's taken? Because he's definitely on some psychotropic drugs. I guarantee it. Haven't heard anything yeah. yet. Haven't heard yeah, anything I, yet. I, I, I'd be very interested to see. I mean, you really you really look at the track record of these kids who do these kinds of things and they're all on. Oh, some- it's a laundry list of mental health issues and psychotropic drugs. It's yeah. Not- it, it starts in the broken home and it, it, it ends what happened in, in Uvalde, Texas earlier in the week. Yep. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. It happens all the time. It's unfortunate. And uh, Ron, yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's, uh... And, and and unfortunately, it's it be, before the midterms. It's gonna it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. And and you know, I hope it doesn't. And if it does happen, I hope it's not a school next time. But you know, Same. it's school's it's, almost out. School's almost out, thankfully. But it's definitely gonna happen again. Right. And you get the yeah. summer camp, so you know you get the corporate the corporate work. We were saying earlier, Ron, that you haven't seen a a a, a corporate shooting in a while. Like someone pissed off at their boss going in and, and shooting up the workplace so you know where the term going postal went uh, right. came from and stuff like that and now it's just school 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 when was the last when was the last work place shooting i don't even know it's been a long time uh, i believe it was it was the uh it was the shooters out in in california the terrorists who who imagine that even though mm-hmm. they had an abundant laundry list of red flags were let into the country and they went and murdered their entire uh 
their entire office worth of people before they went on that high speed shootout with cops. That's right. That's oh, right. That was that was that, a while ago. That's the last big one that I remember. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. It's all school shootings. And you really think about it. I was saying to Alan earlier, if these if these mass mass shootings were as big and prevalent as they say they are, we'd be seeing a lot more mass shootings of people that they feel injustice towards, not just sure. kids. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like they they'd go after CEOs, politicians, etc. So we see none of that. Literally none of that. Um, you know, and it, it's it's very contrasting. And then there's so many holes in the story that they tell us. Like if, if they had a, a, a very tight story, it'd be tough to poke holes in it. But it's it's very sloppy, if you ask me. It's very very sloppy. None of this makes sense. Why were they co- told to stand down? Like why? Who made that order and why? And none of those police officers came up was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be listening to these orders. There's kids getting shot in this school. This is not a good idea. I'm not going to stand down. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot of components of it that don't make sense to me. I mean, all right, let's just let's just compare this with the Buffalo one. For as messed up as that guy was, as well, and you know, he he, they've already outlined some of the huge red flags that that guy was. It got to a certain point to where he was like feeling a inner morality to stop what he was doing and point the gun on himself. Obviously he was talked down and taken into custody. Listen, I don't care if this was like literally the devil that did what happened in uh, Uvalde earlier in the week. I can't see a human being like doing what supposedly this guy did. Like there's, there's, you know, even if like, I just can't, I've watched every video from like, al-qaeda the arab spring like isis it's like at some point if they can't get the head off when they're beheading somebody they just stop and and shoot their rifles in the air i can't see a guy going and like continuously shooting 20 kids like like looking at 18 years old an 18 year old no i just i just 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 out here working at wendy's and listen, I'm not saying that those kids didn't die, but I'm just saying they keep talking about exchange of gunfire. They talk about like people were other police officers were injured. So I, I think we're probably going to see more of it. But for me, that what they're trying to feed us right now, which is continuously changing, doesn't 100 percent make sense. There's the video footage of him walking into the school. Like, I don't want to see him inside the school shooting and doing anything wild shooting. I don't want to see any of that. If they, But. There's got to be a video of him getting entry into the school because the school is supposed to be locked. The doors are supposed to be locked. He got into some side door that a teacher propped open. Why the teacher prop it open? Who the fuck knows? Like, why it was, was a very, very grainy and shitty video, the one that's circulating in the yeah. legacy media, where you yeah. see just like his head and the butt of a rifle, it's and then he like disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. 2022. I'm calling bullshit. And then, and then the security, the armed security guard, is is some reason just driving by the school not at the school here's it on the the police scanner none of this passes the smell test none of it it's were there it's- any photos released of the body armor that he that, that maybe they took off of him i know there was a couple photos of a couple of rifles and whatnot if, if those were even the rifles that were he was actually uh using i know he supposedly left one in the truck and he had one with him <clears throat> but i haven't seen any photos of like the body armor that he um no that he was using or anything. I wonder if any of that's going to be released because I, I listen, I, I'd imagine. Who paid for it? Hmm? I want to know who paid 
I want to know who paid for all the body armor. The, well, I, the say, I say follow the money. And, and again, I want to know why, or maybe it will, but I want to know what firearm store, what firearm shop that he bought the weapons and the body armor from. That I, I, yeah, I yeah. Who, who sold this kid? Who sold this kid somewhere in the neighborhood of $10,000 worth of, of, of gear, ammo, and equipment? Like fresh out of 18 and off zero the street. Forms. Yeah. And zeroed the rifle for him because uh, yep. they, they would have yep. to have done it for him because he would not know how to. And no. uh, definitely, especially, especially not without firing rounds. Um, so the shop would have had to have done it for him. Uh, none of it makes sense. None of it. <sighs> it, it it's it, it, it's it. And it, it just go, it just goes to my narrative where where, my, my, where I say everyone has to question everything. You have to question everything and believe nothing of what you hear, half of what you see. You have to question everything. And I agree Great with Ron. I agree with Ron. I'm not saying these kids didn't die, but I'm saying the story that we're being told is bullshit. That's yep. all I'm saying. I have no idea what else besides that. I can't, you know. I have, I have and no we, doubt. We already know that D- DPS and the local police agencies originally did not give the accurate story. So oh. it's only going to be a matter of time before we start finding out, you know, when they forensically start breaking down this crime scene and, and, and unfortunately taking bullets out of people and stuff like that, like w- what the real deal is. I'm very interested to find out because it's it's really sad and it's like clockwork, dude. It happens every single year around election time. Every single yeah. time. Every it's like clockwork. And yeah, really right unfortunate before, to see people die. When they when they need a tragedy, they they, they they pull a tragedy out of their out of their ass. And I this is why I want to know the drugs he was on, this is why I want to know who his therapist was. Because what, the, what is what chat rooms he was in and what the day looked like. Yep, right. exactly. His, his his internet activity, absolutely. Because, you know, you, 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 I told Alan earlier, you know, as much as you want to say it's a conspiracy that they use mind control and, and things like this, it's not. It is government documents to back this stuff up. And you think yeah. that they still, they just, st- they got caught and they just stopped or they just figure out other ways how to do it and not get caught and bury it up through compartment, other departments and operations or no one has any fucking clue right. what the fuck they're doing, and no one will ever find out. But they're still yeah. fucking doing it. It's just like Operation Mockingbird. It's bullshit. Now take that yeah. for a minute, James, because the Buffalo shooter and him, I think, was the Buffalo shooter 18 years old as well? Uh, I, I, something uh, no, like that? No, he, he was in his 20s. He was in his he, 20s. He was in his 20s. 26. I think it was like 26, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I, someone had said that they were both 18. I he's, wasn't sure. but He's still young. He's still young. Yeah. As uh, a kid, baby. Yeah, and then they and they prey on these mentally uh, ill kids. This is why Ted Kaczynski was an MK Ultra participant. Charles Manson was an MK. Like, look at their backgrounds. Look at where they came from. They had nothing. They literally had nothing. They were just constantly in trouble, doing nothing good. And uh, we got to keep our eye on it. We got to keep our eye on on. on I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions that I'm trying to. We, we got to see. If, we got to yeah. keep looking. But good luck because they bury this shit like. This is why it's so cool to see Natalie Denise down down there uh-huh. uh, yes. trying to figure stuff out. Like, that's awesome. That's so badass that she's down there trying to see what's going on and, and get a firsthand look rather than hearing it from the media who are there on the ground telling us and feeding us bullshit. Telling um, us nothing. So I, th- I, think, I, think, I think Natalie and uh, Jorge Ventura have been the two biggest shining stars for the media uh, down there since day one. You know, they have all the people in the legacy media, but those two – have uh, really been getting out, talking to the people, and trying to build a more 
realistic narrative of what what actually happened during that time frame in that day mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and it's a community and they're probably all hurting yeah uh, you know it's 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 very sad 19 kids is nothing it's fucking no. terrible. It's fucking terrible. And uh, and that's nineteen kids dead. And then I think there was like fifteen others that are in the hospital that were either shot yeah. or injured. And then just just think of, and then just think of all of the children in that school that will be scarred for a better part of their life, if not their entire life, of witnessing or seeing what went on. That's another thing. Is is uh, are we going to get accurate recounts from people? that were in the building at the time and how many or how many stories or how many different stories and narratives are going to be put together you know that if if well, we they're, already, they're already trying to trip us up and discredit the, the truth or community and they're very good at it they dropped those photos of that 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 transgender dude with the trans flag and saying this is him and he's like nah dude i'm still alive here's my flag here's me and i'm fabulous um <laughs> But they, and everybody was sharing it, and it wasn't actually the shooter. And, and that is a big reason why I wouldn't post any photos of the shooter. Okay. I specifically went on my social media I, and said I will not post anything about the shooter. Even, 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 even if uh, it was the shooter, I wouldn't want to give the shooter that oh. kind of recognition anyway. They don't deserve it. It, um, pisses, no. it pisses me off that a lot of people in our community whether you call it the right-leaning community or the truth of community or whatever, or on, on the social media, like uh, like rapid fire all day long, even yesterday, I think even today, that they're still sharing photos of this piece of shit, still sharing photos of a kid dressed up with a transgender flag, yeah. whether it was him or not. I literally went on immediately and said, I will not post his photo. I will not post his name. He's a piece of shit, and he should rot in hell. Like I'm not giving him the notoriety. People have to no, stop. I don't even. Doing I don't even know his name. I don't even know his name. I don't even. I. I yeah. I don't even remember his name. And even if I knew it, I. I, I wouldn't even utter it. Either. The piece of shit shooter, and I don't think he acted alone. I, 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 you know, as far as being put up to it or or the actual. I. I just there's so many questions, and it, it's it's agreed. It's fucked up, Roan. What do you got going on for your show in the in the uh, in the coming weeks? I know you always schedule your uh, your guests out. So what do you got going on? Uh, we'll be pretty busy. Uh, we'll be back, like I said, we'll be back on Tuesday. We've got Rick Rennell scheduled so far. Whether or not anybody jumps in over the weekend, that just depends on scheduling. Uh, in addition to him, Carrie Lake, Joe Kent, Jorge Ventura, Emma Mitchum uh christina bob will be coming back obviously cash patel again in the month eric Reitens, mike collins so a lot of candidates and then you know just political pundits in addition apparently devin nunez in the next month according to cash patel everything he said so far has kind of come to fruition so i'm going to say that he's a little bit more reliable than most and yeah. uh yeah we'll just see you know we're going to be picking the best well, well, what we think are the most impactful news stories of the week and breaking it down with audio and commentary and then having some interviews every uh, episode to see who, uh, you know, can can get the best narratives to our listenership and just in an attempt to kind of get them educated and moving in the right direction because we're at a point right now, the, the legacy media is building like a stagnant uh, just atmosphere where everything's so bad that everybody's already depressed and then something like the school shooting happens and then the shooting two weeks before in buffalo and everybody's just kind of like man i just want to disconnect that's that's what the that's what the radical progressive left is hoping for right now that you just disconnect from everything and go off into your own little space and and you know 
take pictures of your food and, and, and not worry about all the stuff that's going on because that's how they can continue to do what they've been doing for the last two years. And it's been bad. Yeah. People have to start paying attention and listening to your show. You got to listen to sacred breakfast podcast. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bring up, bring this up. There they are. Apple podcast steak for breakfast. You have to get on Apple podcast. Yeah. You got, you got to get on Apple podcasts and, and download steak for breakfast as a matter of fact, you know, hey, while we're here, I got it up. You got, you got, we the people radio, James, we the people radio, Apple podcasts. You got to, you were seeing that and download them. <laughs> you, you got my show, The Great Divide. We're all on Apple podcasts, like a, a swinging dicks. We're on Apple podcasts, but seriously, Roan, Roan show, steak for breakfast. You, you got, you got to get on there and, uh, and, and, and download his shows. It never gets old. It's funny. It's great. It's informative. And yeah, Roan, you got, you're, you're the fucking man. You, 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 Noah, Antoinette, you guys kill it every week. You put shows out every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, every third Tuesday and Friday, right? Yeah. Yep. Another show yeah, on the Patriot are, Podcast Network. You guys, yes, are un- we are. Do un- un- unbelievable work, and uh, like I say to you all the time when you come on on with us, uh, I- I'm unbelievably happy for you guys, and you deserve it all. I remember where you guys started. And uh, when you were trying to get me get me to come on the show, we and, were literally the garage band of, of political podcasts. And and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're interviewing some of the world's most in, in, important people in some of the most important places. And I'm, I'm so proud of you guys. You guys all deserve it. Uh, opening a up a lot of eyes, too. You got opening yeah, no, up a yeah. lot of eyes. Paying, people are paying attention. Unbelievable work. Unbelievable yeah. work. Uh, it was and- pretty it was pretty funny when we had Raheem on our previous episode to this one and he brought up the fact that he's like you know you guys may be getting popular because I come on your show sometimes or <laughs> you know you, you may be getting popular because of the guests you actually have on he, he said he can't go anywhere from like where he's at to Mar-a-Lago and everywhere in between and people are like talking about us and like I thought that was something that like was more appropriate to talk about offline but to hear him say it on the show organically was pretty i i probably if i blushed i wouldn't have been surprised because i wasn't expecting them to go there yeah i mean he's kind of like uh he's he's one of my favorite guests and and i like talking to him offline and having some conversations asking him questions and stuff like that you know we've always done a good job of promoting his stuff but uh I don't, I don't know how to frame it other than say he's kind of like a political snob. He works really hard. He promotes his work and he stands by it. You don't see him like showering other people with compliments like that. And he goes on some pretty big shows. He writes for Newsweek. He's always on, you know, like Buck Sexton, which has like millions and millions of listeners to a day. And yeah. uh, to say that about our show, it's like it, it's it's been a process. But the fact of the matter is we've all been coming up through this together. I, I think the thing I value out of this the most between everyone in our listenership, our, our long list of guests, and, and like you two guys especially, is, is the friendship and kinship we have with each other. I have nothing but the most respect for both you guys, what you do, what you stand for, the different narratives we all put out there. And I think we're all like in this thing all together, but what we do is we complement each other in a way that's just so perfect. I think we're in the right spaces we're supposed to be in right now. I agree. Could have done it any better, dude. And it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm actually going out to San Diego in a couple of weeks, I think. 
We'll be linking up for some for some drinks and dinner, apparently. Then. Yeah, abs- absolutely. We're definitely gonna have to do something like that in uh, studio, James. We the people radio. Oh, yeah, in studio. oh that, that's our that's already automatic. I don't I, even have I to say that. My, my girl will literally kill me, but I'm gonna say I gotta I gotta fucking go. I gotta do you, a show. You got you gotta do one, and I, I'm I'm looking to be in California. Hopefully, in the next few months, that's where my cigar distributor is. So once I I, I land there, I'm 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 coming to knock on the door too. So. Yeah, we, 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 it seems like our guest lineup in studio is going to heat up a little bit. I mean, James obviously is going to be coming. Uh, our friend from, from Discord, Sublime and Slime, who was in charge of the R. Donald, the, the biggest Discord in the history of Discords, he's moving out to San Diego. So he's going to be coming in studio with us. And his best bud is Brick Suit. So he'll be yeah. joining us for some shows, and then Alan will be out there as well. So, you know, I, I tell you what, we love our studio. We love what we do, but it would be nice to have a couple people in studio every once in a while to drink a beer with and have some steak for breakfast. Oh, Absolutely. Speak. fucking steak for breakfast because I will be there for steak. <laughs> we sure will. We sure give, will. Uh, give, give a shout-out to all your – where everyone can find you on social media. Here, Oh, boy. See, that's another cool thing, Cash Patelli. He got you verified right on Truth Social live on your show. I mean, that was amazing. James, you're verified on Truth Social. I'm working on it. The wheels are in motion, but you guys are, 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 are red checks on Truth Social. So where can everybody find you on social media? You know what? That's the only place that's not shadow banned, so that's the only place I'm going to give a shout-out to. <laughs> For real. Podcast-wise, you can find us across every downloadable platform. You just type in Steak for Breakfast, it'll come up, and we're at Steak for Breakfast on True Social. So come and give us a follow there. Uh, amazing memes, links to all our shows, and all that other stuff in between. I'm going to be – I got a lot of time to sit down and focus on a couple sub stacks I'm working on this weekend, so you'll be seeing some of that stuff coming out. And, uh, yeah, just give us a listen. Hopefully it'll uh, tickle your fancy the same way it uh, – does for these two fine-looking gentlemen here, and uh, we could add you to our listener base, and uh, I'll be in this fight together. That's another thing you need, needed to get a little credit for is your Substack. Definitely check out Rowan's Substack. He does great work on that. That's Substacks a, are great. I always try to post them. I I, I post them on my social media every time they come out, so you, you can. I, I always share them out. They the oh, great articles, which always come under the radar of some big names too, because the big names are reading your Substacks also. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah, I might be doing some op-eds for uh, a Dinesh D'Souza daughter-owned newspaper soon. We'll see what happens. She just she just followed me the other day on Truth Social. She just followed me. I was yeah, I was she, like, she, oh, this, I got a notification. I'm like, oh, it's Danielle D'Souza Gill, I think is yeah. her, her full name. She she wanted to know who this ghostwriter was, so I guess apparently I have some skills. You do. You definitely have skills. Oh, you're very good. <laughs> um, I wish I could write like that. No, I, I write like a second grader, just like I read. Really <laughs> hey, but you want to know what? You, you you talk like a big boy. That's why you got a bomb ass show. So it's that's true. it. James, no, it. <laughs> shout out your show, James. Where can everybody uh, find your show? Yeah, you can find us on Apple, uh, Rumble, Patriot Podcast Network, of course. We're Ooh, live. There it is. We're live every Tuesday, 8.30 on uh, all those major platforms, Facebook. uh, And our true socials, We The People Radio, with underscores in between each letter. Instagram is is fucked. Like, literally nobody sees anything. It's almost pointless to be on there at this point. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad. I can't figure it out. The other – about three days ago, all of a sudden – 
my Instagram opened up. Now, Rowan, I remember we had a conversation maybe a, few, uh, a couple months back about when you, because you check your insights that every once in a while, yep. you'll hit the Instagram where your Instagram will open up a little bit and you get a bigger, uh, a, a bigger reach on your account. And, you know, you have a lot of followers. James has a lot of followers. Just the other day, it opened up and I had, I got like four or five DMs from people that said, Wow, we haven't seen your stuff in about a year, and now you're 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 flooding our news feeds. And now every time I click on Instagram, I literally get see. Okay, before I just clicked on it, I had a hundred likes. Now I have 42, 12 comments, eight new followers. Like it's why I I, I can't figure it out. Like why all nice. of a sudden? I can't understand now, Alan, how they how they lifted we, it. It's we've weird. been at eight eight thousand followers since October of 2021. Now just think about who we've interviewed and how many yeah. links to our shows and stuff we've posted on Instagram since October of 2021, and we have not picked up one follower. It's, yeah, we've we've been about 30, 38.3 since about thousand. Since, uh, yeah, thirty eight thousand. Point three followers for about the same amount of time. And you, and you get like, and you get like ten people that see your story with thirty-eight thousand followers. Yeah, 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 yep. ten people, ten people. Yeah. And then that's just one account. Between all three accounts, I have like seventy-five thousand followers, and maybe, maybe two hundred people between all three accounts see my content. I can't yep. figure out the shadow bands because I have the two Facebook sure. pages, and the one that they completely throttled down. I noticed today. That one opened up a little bit. They were taking away followers, and then today that one was gaining followers. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. And then you know what? You, you you've had a little bit better luck with the, on social media than we have. So I suggest you just continue to run with that as much as you can. Yeah, and, they, they hate us because they hate us. They hate us because they hate us. It's true. It's true, true story. It's true, true story. We got Roan Steak for Breakfast podcast. We got James, We the People Radio. We got me, the Great Divide podcast. I'm I'm all over the place. I'm like broken glass. The Great Divide 1776.com. Yeah. Truth Social is the Great Divide podcast. Uh, Instagram, Great Divide podcast. We're, you know, just just find find us all. Follow us. Listen to us. And uh, Patriot Podcast Network on Roku TV. So if you have Roku, make sure you search up download Patriot it. Podcast Network and download us right there. Some of the Foxhole downloaded it. They're like, I'm watching it on Roku right now. Oh, it's awesome. fucking great. That's right. Foxhole, yeah. Cloud Hub. We're, we're, we're everywhere. And I, I I think I think we just concluded another Freedom Friday, boys, with our with our good friend Roan from Steak for Breakfast. Appreciate you guys. guys. This won't be the last time I'm I'm hoping, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh share the comms with you. You can you're 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 welcome anytime you want. We even got your little special Mr. Steakhead bouncing. It, I'm, gonna it, to, I'm gonna have to steal that from Bob because I need to get Roan on a live. <laughs> We, we we built that special just for Roan so he could so come cool. on because he's he's incognito. So yeah, you, you, you I have I have a special on my on my big production keyboard here. I have a special button with the with the Roan steak head on it that I press and, and you can come on anytime <laughs> you want. So I love it. Yeah, we'll for sure be back. This was a lot of fun. All right, everybody. Another Freedom Friday. What do you got, James? Nothing, man. It was a blast. As always, Roan, appreciate you coming on. Uh, hope everybody enjoys the weekend. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, God bless our troops. God bless our troops. Uh, and those who made the ultimate sacrifice, uh, we've got to end the episode on that hundred percent. Uh, cause we wouldn't be here. We'd be speaking German. Um, so God bless our troops. God, 
God bless our families and have a happy and fun uh, weekend. Let's start off the summer summer fun. And uh, White Boy Summer is officially kicking off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's go. White Boy Summer. All right, everybody. We'll it's see you next. soon. Have a great weekend. God bless. Freedom Friday. See you later. You can't handle the truth.